dynamite I never meant to make you cry Make your mind up I'm fading I wanna stay Hello and welcome to the Cyber Centres podcast. I'm your host today, Robbie Hardy. Uh, very privileged to say the least that we've got a very special guest with us today. A guy who had three stints at the club, all of which within that time won league trophies. He won a Scottish Cup, a League Cup, scored in big domestic cup finals and scored in European games. And most of all, he's got a pretty impressive goal to game ratio and all fun times as well. Of course, it's Mr. Kenny Miller. Kenny, how you doing, mate? All good, pal. All good. What about that intro, by the way? Brilliant, top level, top oh, level. First one, innit? Must have had that written down, definitely. <laughs> hey, well, I've not told people this is my third take. Right. Uh, how's Australia, mate? How's it taking you and the family? Good. Uh, all good, mate, all good. Just uh, coming towards the end of the season now, last six, seven games, so me start to get back to winning ways and uh, hopefully have a positive end to the season. Well, listen, mate, you've got a better tan than me, but you've always had a, a, a good colour about you anyway. Well, so. it's no fake now. It's no I was going to say, this one's real. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate, so basically we'll get straight to it. Uh, as I said, three stints at the club. First one came 2000. You had a pretty good season at Hibs a year before. I think you won Young Player of the Year. Uh, so I'd imagine at that time there must have been quite a lot of speculation around your name. Was there any other sort of big clubs that affected your interest? There was a few, there was a few t- opportunities in England. Uh, I think uh, when you younger player comes through and particularly forwards that are playing and, and scoring goals at that age, then you start to get a little bit, uh, a little bit of attention. So there was a few clubs linked over the course of the season, and uh, the re- one of the one of the other opportunities that was that was concrete was West Ham. Uh, so I was on holiday at the time, and Alex McLeish uh, had phoned me. He was obviously my manager at Hibs at the time. They phoned me when I was on holiday and he was saying, look, the club have have accepted these kind of two bids. Uh, I want to speak to you. So I had to fly back. I flew back for holiday to meet Alex at the Gatwick Airport. Met him, had a a cup of tea with him and we ran through. He wanted me to stay for at least another year before I went. But And I think that was maybe actually part of the deal uh, to go to West Ham was maybe a an opportunity to be loaned back to Hibs for that season. So, but strangers came calling me, you know the drill. It was uh, it was too big an opportunity to turn down. So, uh, I, I told him there and then I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Rangers. So, he was like, yeah, as long as you're sure and, and you feel you're ready, uh, which I did. Uh, that was that. That was pretty much, I was back on a plane, back on a plane to Italy and he was, uh, he was back up the road and that was it. It was pretty much, things were agreed whilst I was still on holiday. Came back, came back a week later, got the medical done, got signed, and, and that was that. Job's done. So, so West Ham, about 2000, that's when they had like Will Ferdinand, Frank Lampard, Defoe and that, wasn't it? Probably, I would have been around that time, I kind of all similar ages, I all kind of coming through at that, at that moment. So, I mean, great. I mean, they've, they've, all, they've always had that conveyor belt of young mm. players at that time. They say Rio's come through, Defoe, your, your Carlton Coles. Uh, Lampard was coming through at the time. There was oh, there was loads and loads and loads coming through at that Garrick time. Garrick as well. Uh, Garrick, that was the other one. Yeah, so there was loads that obviously came through about that time. But that's it. Was it was just obviously being a fan. It was it was too big an opportunity to, to, to turn that down. And obviously the squad at that time, I mean, played against them that year. Played uh, I played at Ibrox actually a couple of times uh, over the two the, the two seasons previous to that because my first visit was with Stenis Muir. Came there, I went there on uh, when I was on loan at Stennis. We were played the uh, Rangers in the Cup, uh, right. lost 2 0, but amazing experience. And obviously, going to going to Ibrox, we have so we never had too many results. I think we got beat 6 2 or 6 3 was in the last last game of the season. 
uh, that we played Rangers one of the last games and I managed to score in that game at Ibrox as well and it was uh, just too good an opportunity, pal. You know, like the came calling, and it was uh, it was one I wanted to it's one I wanted to look at. So you could have played Barry Ferdinand behind you, but you chose Bert Cortland instead. He wasn't there at the time, though. He was just <laughs> coming, so I was going to play with Amaruso and Craig Moore or Vidmar behind me rather than uh, rather than a uh, big deal. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Obviously, they were talking about the squad that they had with guys like Ferdinand Lampard and stuff. But at that time, our squad was just as good, if not arguably better. So. Obviously, guys like Broncos, Alberts, Michael Moles can rein them off, but who for you were the sort of standouts of that team, do you think? Yes, and there were so many, you know, like when you go through guys like, like Giovanni, who went on to Arsenal and obviously then Barcelona, again, Dutch internationalists, Arthur Newman, Dutch internationalists, played uh, had a wonderful career. Moles was incredible, Re- really, really good to work with him and, and, and play up front with him was, was great. We obviously signed Tori Flo for 12 million as well. That year, the Boer came for Barcelona for uh, for four million at that time. So you had incredible players, midfielders: Alberts, Fergie, Reina, two guy. Uh, I mean, the list, like you say, the list goes on. Kinchelskis was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil again with a good wee Scottish contingent as well, and Dodze, B. Terry, Fergie, big Scott Wilson, Craig Moore was like an honorary Scott as well. We had been there and been there for a number of years, so it was. Uh, but an incredible squad, it really was. But for me, Fergie was always the driving force. You know, he was always the driving force of the team. Uh, Amoruso, he taught and boys at the back, Amoruso, Sergio Perini, uh, Fernando, and Fernando came in that summer. Bert Conterman came. We signed Alan Johnson and Paul Ritchie at the same time as well to add to the Scottish contingent. So Peter Lovenkrantz, he was the same summer. He was the same summer as well. So really, really strong squad. But Fergie was always the driving force for but uh, obviously it was surrounded by, I mean, it was a real battle to actually get a game in that midfield, never mind captain the team, which is what he did. So it showed how how good a player and uh, that he actually was, not not just to play in that team, but to actually lead it. That's incredible, the squad. I just remember him, there's frightening. But, so even at that time, because, as you say, we had that big squad, we were spending a lot of money. We still spent £2 million on you. Give you a five deal, five-year deal as well, which I imagine you'd have been doing cartwheels at. So I think yeah. because of the money we'd been spending, that was kind of brushed under the, under the carpet a wee bit. That was still a big feat to spend on somebody that age. So did that come with any pressure for you or you just sort of that mentality where that doesn't worry you too much? No, it's just, again, it just, that, that kind of thing was, that's out with any control of a player, you know, like if a club decides to pay a fee for you, that's, that you have no control over that. You've just got to go and do your job, you know. The one thing I realised quickly was things had to change, you know, things standards had to go up. And it's, it's not just in terms of performances and games, it was your everyday, everyday standards, the demands that were put on you. I mean, again, I touched on Fergie being the driving force, but it was also the moniest bastard that one of the opponents <laughs> I've ever played with. You know, but it's because he expected everybody else to be to that level, he expected everybody else to care and give a fuck the same as his level. So it was uh, early doors that you realise you're, 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 you're working with a different level of player. There's a, there is a different mentality to the every day's work and ultimately you need to win you need to win and that's something I've, I've always wanted to do whether it was at the back playing tennis or one-on-one with my brother or whether it comes to winning games and, and leagues and cups with Rangers so it was uh, something I, I, I wanted to be part of something I embraced big time but really realised obviously that your, your standards had to improve you had to get up to these guys standards we went through the list of players these are German internationalists we're Dutch internationalists Italian internationalists these are guys that have played at the top, top level, World Cups, European Championships, you know, so it's uh, 
you are playing at a, a different, bigger club, bigger demands, bigger expectations, and and better players. So you you now very much have the reputation, or you did have a reputation when you were a player of someone who was good with the younger players, like helping out. Obviously, you're a coach yourself. See, when you were that age going into that squad, were you somebody who tried to like gather as much information up as possible? Because the reason I'm asking is. I think you try to emulate that Mikey Molston, and obviously there's no. Oh, that Mikey Molston! I made that my own. <laughs> that's, now been, that, that's now been turned into the keyhole shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying that by way. I can. Yeah. I, I, I'm a take throw-ins and hit any channels kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I'll chase it then. You just hit it in the channel. I'll chase it. <laughs> so, are you? So, generally, though, did you actually try and work on him to work with him? Sorry to do that. You know, that's it's one of the things I watched him as a as a fan the, the previous season and uh, when he first came to the club and he's that 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 turn was just like something I've never seen before. You know, it was absolutely electric and uh, yet he got that he got his bad injury and in, uh, the Champions League was against was against Bayern Munich. Uh, he got the he got the injury. And I, w- I wouldn't say he wasn't the same player, but he maybe had just lost that wee edge on that it may be not quite as maybe I wouldn't even say half a yard maybe just a wee quarter of a yard mm-hmm. was just maybe not quite right with the with the seriousness of the injury but what it was still like an absolutely phenomenal player and you know I think if I think had he not got injured then I don't think he would have been at Rangers long no, I think the like, really. big big teams in England probably would have came calling for him but uh, again it was absolute privilege to work with him and you're right I looked at that turn and I worked on that I worked on that tirelessly. Like if, like for a young, I was 20, 21, uh, and even like going. I remember, I remember working in a warm up at a Scotland 21s game at Dunfermline. I think we we're playing Croatia, maybe. And I was like just constantly going through it, going through it in a warm up. And I tried try to put that in my game, but that's what you do. As like you say, as a young player, you're a sponge. You know, you've got to look at the, not just things like that, but look at the daily habits of these, of these guys and and how the how they conduct themselves on the training field, how the Again, even off the training field, in and about the club, and and the extra work that they put in, the time that they put on in their bodies, and how they look after themselves, uh, you have to do that as a young player, you know. But if you can take wee nuggets like that and put it into your own game, son, it clearly works and causes. And he's had he had all kinds of success with it. It's uh, it's definitely something you look at. Yeah, no, superb, mate. So obviously, we're talking about how good the squad was at that time. The, the host of talent. Three, I think two years prior to that, we'd won a treble the year before we won a double. But that season, we weren't able to emulate the, the silver we won previously. Can you put that down to it? And think there was too much talent? Was it a fall? A cut about how, why did that happen, do you think? Not not a clue, because all, all I could say, I mean, if you look at even what's happened this season, like Celtic are not a bad team. No. But we've just been better. You know, we've just been so much better. And it's always different when you're playing catch-up. You know, and it's back then we had dropped points early. We dropped points early in the season where Celtic were pretty were pretty strong at the start. Again, the first old firm game that I actually missed, I got injured on the Friday before the game, was the 6-2 game at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, again, this is something I even said moving forward into the when I came back like the last time there and we had a horrendous record in the old firm games, but there was far better teams than us had been had been beaten and beaten well in old firm games because sometimes these this just happens in games. Yeah, albeit it happened too often mm-hmm. over that over that wee two year spell, my last two year spell. But the next game, which was my first old firm game, we won five one. So they turned them around. So there was two big turnarounds, you know, in, in, in the game. So we just seemed to like we, we, we got off we, were, we had the squad, obviously the squad was 
was up there with any squad that I've, that I've played in, probably the best I've played in in terms of names and, and, and talent and ability, but we just never we just never really performed to the levels that year. I think we, we had a, a couple of games, really poor results, even at home. I think Kilmarnock was a, was a two or a three nil defeat. I think Super Ali was actually playing in that game for, for Kilmarnock that day. And I think it was maybe a three nil defeat uh-huh. in that game. And you just think, I remember a few things kicked off after that game and you will move on to things moving further on down the line on this and how things actually kick off and what happens and what doesn't happen. But over that time, the amount of things that went on in our dressing room was, was phenomenal because the standards were that high and there was that many winners and characters in the dressing room that when things never went well, there was always an autopsy. There yeah. was always somebody had something to say and, it's, and it wasn't pointing the finger or whatever, but it was... How was this happening to us? You know, and there was always some kind of different views or opinions on why, and it more than normally led to a, a kind of dust up. You know, over, over that over that period to to work out why, and, and then ultimately coming back to at this football club, that's not good enough. That is not accepted. These types of results and performances are not accepted, and that was uh, definitely happened a few times over the course of that season and again because of where we were at and we found ourselves playing catch up and, and we were well back in the league that year as well like it was one of them where it was like it might not have been done till later on in April or whatever it was but we were always playing catch up and it was always going to be hard to it was always going to be hard to claw back again when you get to the stage where you're thinking right there's 13 games to go and we need to win 13 games and that might not even win yet you know yeah. you're, you're getting to the you're getting to a, a situation where you're finding yourself too far back. Uh, I think we cup was that cup final that year we lost as well uh, to Celtic. I think it was cup semi. Cup semi we lost to lost to Celtic as well, which obviously was uh, was disappointing. But yet you say just a disappointing year. I mean, I, I went to the club to win things as well. You know, I, that's why I, as a player you go to you go to these big clubs to to be successful, win leagues, win trophies. So to come away for that empty-handed that year and obviously end up leaving like, the following year, like there's no doubt when I did go back, eventually I, I did feel there was unfinished business and it's something that I wanted to go and, and obviously win silverware at that club. So it takes on nicely the fact that you did leave the club. I think your sort of ch- uh, chances of the team became limited a wee bit. So did that make it a kind of easy decision for you? Was it one that suited both you and the club at the time or how did that come about? Well, I never had any any aspirations of leaving because I remember coming back pre-season that year and and Dick had says to me the, that I came back in great nick. It's something I've always done to be honest. When I've went away pre-season I've normally always put the work in close season to make sure I come back ready uh, like to attack pre-season and I came back in good nick and Dick had actually says to me that I was probably ahead of some of the older guys so you're Boers and you're Michael Moses and I was actually probably ahead of them in the pecking order. I think I scored quite a few goals in the pre-season games as well. So uh, we signed Kenija that year as well. So there was another forward player to add to the list, as well as Russell Lappy, a player who had played with Hibs that I knew really well. Uh, so again, two wonderful attacking options for us. Uh, and again, another just two guys for me to compete with. But I'd like to say I came back, I started pretty well. First game of the season, we were away at Pataudry. And we were getting beaten nil. I think it was nil nil actually. And uh, when I came on for the last twenty minutes, uh, half an hour, we won three 0 and I pretty much had a hand in all the goals. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd made an impact in the game as, as a sub. And then the following week, I wasn't even an eighteen or sixteen or the fourteen, whatever it was back then. I'm not sure, but I was in the stand anyway. I remember that. <laughs> so it was a bit disappointing. It was a bit disappointing to say at least, considering I'd 
I'd, I'd had a good pre-season. I'd, start, I'd played, the, I'd came on in the first league game and, and made an impact. And it was a big win, as you know, what the games up at Pataudry are like, particularly the opening game of the season. It was a, a big occasion. We won 3-0 and I played my part in that. So it was disappointing not to be involved in the next week. I think after that, we actually went, we were away on international duty. I was away with the 21s. And as I was on the way back, my agent was Gorn Smith at the time and he was on the trip. Right. And he, he came to me all just before we were flying back to say, look, he's... They had a chat with Rose and they would be keen to take me along. This is again, this is something that I hadn't been looking for. Mm-hmm. This was just one of these things that was an option that was put in front of me. There, and I thought, okay, well, uh, how do we look at again? Never knew too much about Rose at the time. How do we look at it? I thought, okay, they're a big, big club playing at a good level. Uh, if, if the club are in, if the club are agreeing to it, then obviously maybe no see me as part of the. Nice. As part of the playing group moving forward, uh, or as much as I would like anyway, which that's that's ultimately what it was. I went and seen Dick the next day, and he says, "Look, it's, if you want to do that, like, oh, we'll no stand your way." Obviously, competition is fierce. Yeah. Uh, so that was that's enough for me. Obviously, I've always been someone. If I'm not playing, I've always just wanted to play. I'm not going to sit about and pick my money up. It's no, I've I've no, I've always wanted to play. Hence, that's why I, I end up playing. I don't know, almost 900 games over the, like for club and country over the course of my career. So. If I wasn't getting a game, then I wanted to move on to somewhere where I was going to get a game. So went on loan initially and then injured my collarbone. I stuck, was on the bench the first two games for Wolves, started the next three, scored two, and in the third game I got injured, broke my collarbone. So I was back up the road, uh, got the operation back up in Glasgow, done a bit of the rehab in, uh, in Murray Park, had just opened that year. Mm-hmm. And whilst I was injured, I was always I was in contact with Rose, and they said they wanted to sign me. They wanted to make it a they wanted to make it a permanent move. And the story the story goes that they accepted a three million pound bid, uh, which I thought, yep, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. If that's been kind of accepted, then they'll go. And the chairman phoned me to say, look, we're changing the manager. So it was obviously the changeover manager. Maybe just wait. Let's just wait. We'll know. We'll not accept it yet. Let's just wait to see what the new manager does. Uh, so when he said that, I knew it was going to be Alex. Obviously, it had been it had been rumoured that he was coming in and he was, he was doing a fantastic job at, at Hibs. So he was going to be getting the job. So I thought, right, okay. He kind of gave me my, my breakthrough at Rangers and maybe, and I think the chairman even thought, right, that he would, uh, he would probably maybe want to keep me around because of obviously our previous working relationship. So the next day, Alex McLeish is in and chairman phoned me and told me I could go. So... so <laughs> He didn't want to keep me, so uh, it was uh, so that was me. That was good enough for me. So we'd be calling Cameron actually just signed for Wolves right. from Harps at the same time. So he'd been away with the full squad. I was uh, away with the twenty one. So the next uh, the next kind of day, the two I think it was the, that was the Wednesday night we were back. The Thursday I went to see Dick. The Friday we drove down to we drove down to Wolves, or the Thursday night actually we drove down to Wolves. The gallery and uh, that was that. So I actually never got a chance to see anybody uh, before I went on. Before I went on, well, sorry, before I actually moved. But uh, we were sitting. We were playing a Barnsley away one night at Wolves Tuesday night. We were sitting on the Monday night. We were in a hotel, and Alex actually phoned me. But it was about four, four six weeks after uh, after I came in. I hadn't seen them. I never knew the number. It was a Whitfield number. I never knew who it was. So I'm thinking, I was like, oh, Kenny, it's Gaffer. It's Gaffer. I'm thinking, who, who's Gaffer? It's Alex. Alex McLeish. I went, oh, Gaffer, oh, how are you doing? I went, oh, listen, sorry. And I got a chance to speak to you. I went, listen, it was 
all the players we've got, and it was a concrete offer on the table, like too good to turn down, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I said, listen, I went, you'll sign me back. You'll try and sign me back in a few years, which sure enough, he did, and then never happened. And then a few years later, obviously, I got the chance to come back. So it's, uh, right, so he got rid of me on my on his first day in the job. It's funny how football works, isn't it? But uh, obviously, you go to Wolves and try and keep this Rangers as late as possible, but I can't brush over the fact that you scored in the, the final, the playoff, the playoff final. Yeah, yeah. Was I? Well, we were 3-0. We were 3-0 up at half-time. I scored just before half-time to make it 3-0. So it was, uh, we were almost there at half-time. So I, it was good. It was, listen, I had five years there. It was five years. Uh, brilliant times, good mates. Got to play in the Premier League. Uh, had a couple of good moments in that year as well. Winner against Man United. Three days later, a last-minute equaliser against Liverpool. Uh, some great memories, you know, like real good times over that spell. And see that that playoff final was that that was the old Wembley? I was at the new. Well, Wembley? that was at the Millennium. We had it at the Millennium. Was oh, it? Oh, that I, I was thinking if that was the old Wembley, that they meant you yeah. scored at the old and the new. Yeah. I was trying to get yeah, a good start there, but nah, never. Yeah. So anyway, obviously. Rejoined the club and well before that time you moved about a couple of clubs, took a bump the somewhere and went somewhere for a year, but we'll, we'll forgive you for that. Uh, so you re-signed with the club in 2008, and I remember that summer that the speculation around you coming. Unless it's thought it would be remiss of me not to mention there was a lot of negative speculation in terms of the support. So I can all imagine it. I think as football fans we forget that not every decision a footballer makes is football related. So given the fact that there was a wee bit of negativity with the support. You know, if you signed, there would have been fans on both sides not too happy with it. How much does that play on your decision? How much does that play in your mind when you make a decision? Again, for me, it never, it never ever played any any part in it for me because I've always believed that no matter where I've been, I've, I've gave everything I've got for, for the for the club that I represented, and it's, it's as simple as that. But the fact that it was coming back for Walter, because had it not been Walter, I probably would never have got that chance. Mm-hmm. You know, but he had worked with me with the, with the national team. Uh, obviously, Ali was assistant manager of the national team as well with Tommy Burns. And uh, he, he knew what I was going to be bringing uh, to the team. Uh, again, I built a, a really good working relationship with, with both Walter and Ali over the, over the international time. So I always knew his standing at the football club and always believed that the majority probably would have trusted him because he knows what he's doing. I think that goes with it saying that Walter knows what he's doing. So that was that was that made it easier. I think if it had it been for somebody else, one, it might not I might not have got that chance, but two, had it been for somebody else, it might have been harder. But the fact that it was coming back for, for Walter and Ali and the standing that they both have got at the football club was made it a little bit easier for me. But I always believed that I've always believed in my own abilities. Uh that, that I could do my job and I could do it well and always believed that that would, that would ultimately maybe win, win the fans back over. Yeah. So talk about when the fans back over, obviously, if I remember right, I don't think you scored your first four or five games, but the game you did break your duck. First old time of the season. Saved it for that one, probably. What's that? <laughs> I saved, <them. laughs> I saved it for that one. Aye. So first one of the season, you scored two, uh, Parkhead, 4-2 when I was sent you off there. That was the first time that I'd seen us win at Parkhead, so I thank you for that one. Just did that, did you feel as though that was your sort of definitive moment to win those fans over? And just how did it feel like scoring the two in that day? Listen, it feels incredible to score in any old firm game, but if, if, if ever I felt any type of pressure, which again, it's something I, 
you always feel a wee bit nervous going into games, but in terms of pressure, I've, I've always somebody who's kind of focused on like the job, like the roles and the responsibilities that I've got within a team. I've always focused on that rather than what a certain occasion was or what a game was going to bring. But that game in particular, I probably did feel a little bit because I felt it was an opportunity. If we got the first leg, we need to win. Yeah, uh, that, that's the first thing. But if I could put in a performance in it and, and get a goal, or as it turned out, a couple of goals in the game, it's, I mean, these games can make a break an old firm player. You know, you look at look at all the goals that Alfredo scored over the over the last three or four seasons, and it's been an incredible amount of goals. But that that duck, that monkey was on his back uh, until the until the game there at one one, they eventually broke it. So these games can can make a break an old firm player. So to get my first goals back in a Rangers jersey in that game at Parkhead in a 4-2 win like I, I think it would have listen there will always be people that were again they just don't think you're good enough to play for the team or despite what I'd, irrespective of where I had played or, or what had happened before there are always players that maybe just the team uh, sorry fans that just don't think you're good enough uh, but I think that would have went a long way to kind of getting accepted back into the, into the Rangers kind of families eyes because it was it's a huge game you know it's a huge game anytime there's an old firm this game at the weekend there'll be a huge old firm game even though even though there's not too much on it there's always things on an old firm game so yeah. to, to be the first one of the season my first one back in, in Rangers colours and, and to get a couple of goals and a 4-2 win not just a win actually the performance was incredible that day yeah. like it was we're 4-1 up again the 4-2 kind of makes the scoreline look a little bit more respectable but it was a it was a bit of a doing because uh, I was unreal that day if I remember right obviously you get sent off but it was brilliant before it his, his goal was incredible you yeah. know like it's one of them where again Walter just seemed to kind of have, have the knacky just getting things right because before the game I think Daniel was actually on the very... He moved, didn't he? move right after that game I I moved. I'll tell you I can still remember the date it was August the 31st yeah, the game was on August the thirty first, and I'm sure Daniel moved the next day, or the next couple of days. I'm sure he moved to Hull. I'm sure he moved to Hull within the coming days. If or so, well, nobody kind of thought that he would play, but Walter thought, no, no, he's, he's playing. Is he, like it was. I remember when the team was picked. It was, was oh, he's playing Daniel. He's, he's picking Daniel, even though Daniel was a really, really good player. I just think there was things surrounding him at that time, and he just threw, threw him into the game. Like you say, he was unplayable. His goal was phenomenal. Like he was literally holding Mark Wilson on his back while players running towards goal. Half the pitch, pace, pace, power, and an incredible finish for a tight angle. I could see just this is kind of top a wee bit, but that that is something that Walter's always done. Because he even think of the fact that he used to always bring like Charlie Adam in and right mid and stuff. I think see, see, yeah. that day where was Cruzan playing? Because no often did we play with two up front and all firm. Did they do it that day? I can't remember. Huh? He did, right. I. We, we played two up front. Uh, we played two up front. Obviously, myself and Daniel were up front. But he done, like you say, he had, he had the knack of doing things. I always remember he, Stevie Smith sometimes found himself playing left midfield in these games as well. Or, or, or Charlie, it was, obviously, there was a banner that Charlie always just used to get wheeled out for the old firm games. Like, he'd never <laughs> any other game, but he would come at the old firm game. So, he had the knack. Listen, he, he just knew how to win. He, he knew how to get a team on that field that could manage the game. But ultimately, it was a, a team that was going to probably have the best chance of getting the result in that game. Aye, well, I'm a huge fan of Walter. We'll touch on him a wee bit later. But obviously, so we get through that season, a uh, successful season for us. I think we won the Scottish Cup. It's funny enough, it's the last time we've done it, uh, that uh, day against Falkirk. But we won the league on the last day of the season. I waited on the United 3-0. So to go through that full season, obviously, going to be a difficult one. But to win it so emphatically in the last day, what's your, your memories of that? Well, it was... 
remember going into the going into the last the split. I'm sure we were like five or six points back at that point. We were, we were a wee bit back because I remember going to the last old fun game uh, at Ibrox. We needed to win. You know, there was no other result was was going to be was going to be good enough to like, to get us back in there. I think a draw would have would have would have done them because it would have kept them that distance between us. So we needed to win. And I had, I think that season, I had actually not been, I never played the three or four games leading into the old firm game because Andrew, Andreas Velichka had came to the club and he was on an, he just never, he couldn't stop scoring, if you remember. Well, the, he scored the first day of the season as well, I think, like against Falkirk or something like that. It was, I did, he scored the winner. He scored yeah. the winner in that game. Uh, but it, it went through this wee run, a game's just run about March and April time that, he just couldn't stop scoring. I'm sitting on a bench like this. What? Because I think I did a wee injury. I'm sitting thinking, oh, what's going on here? He just can't, he can't stop scoring. Yeah. And it was like, he wouldn't be in the game. He might not be having a great game. And then, boom, go, boom, go. He just <laughs> scored for fun. So listen, you, you have to sit and just and just bide your time at that moment. But the old fun game is coming up. And I remember, I'm, okay, I've knocked Walter's door like the, after, after the fourth. Did you game. actually? Did you see him? Absolutely, I did. Yep, I went and I went and knocked his door. It wasn't a, it wasn't a little meeting, by the way. So <laughs> I went and had, his, his office was actually the downstairs office in, uh, in Murray Park at the time. Uh, so I've went and I've knocked the door and I've went, Gaffer, you got a minute? He went, aye, and you come. Saturday, he went, you're playing Saturday. I went, no problem. <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight back. Because <laughs> he obviously knew he knew. Him, he said something wrong. Yeah. That was it. Never, he never even waited till I started speaking. Oh, you're playing on Saturday. I went, okay, no problem. It's good enough for me. And I just went to the office. But he obviously knew what was coming. Again, that's 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 good coaching, good management. You're prepared for these types of things with players. You know, you you've got 20, 25 guys that you've got to be looking after them all. You've got to know what they're thinking. So he obviously knew I'm sitting on the bench. There's an old firm game coming, and I'm raging. I'm sitting on the bench. So I went and knocked his door, and before I even had a word say, I told me I was playing at the weekend. So that was me up and back out in a shower. And that was a was that one 0 Steve Davis? Was that one 0 Steve Davis. So me and Boyd had a wee link up. I went doing and I kind of put a decent wee decent wee assist for that one. Yep. So and it was a huge result, huge result for us because that got us now that got us back believing that right we're right back in this now. And if they slip up, we uh, we're going to have a we're going to have a right chance. And I'm sure we actually drew against Hibs and they they scored a goal late on Hibs. Uh, I think it was a two-two game at Easter Road, and that kind of that gave them the edge again. But then that midweek, I think they went to Easter Road and drew as well, which then gave us the opportunity going into the last game of the season. As long as we got a draw, mm-hmm. it was it was That's enough right. for the enough for the league. And again, we're two 0 up at half time. Big boy, he scores the third just after half time, and it's happy days. It's party time. Absolutely, mate. So then we go into the next season, uh, the 0-9-10 season, and I think around about this time there was sort of whispers about the potential sort of financial troubles we would go through. And I think that was made evident by the fact that a lot of players had left within that. I think Barry Ferguson had left, Pedro Mendes left, and then we made no permanent signings. I think we signed Jerome Roth in that season on a six-month loan deal, but we didn't made no permanent signings. So given that the season before we'd only won the league in the last game of the season, we've now made no permanent signings. What was the feeling in the squad show? There was a wee bit of debate as to whether or not you could emulate, uh, emulate the success we've seen before. But, no, we had, a, we had an incredible group. You know, the, like that group of players was, I mean, like we talked about the first group that I worked with and the talents were, were phenomenal, but the, that, that group for me was a better group 
Right. It was a better, it was a better dressing room. I thought. I mean, again, I might have only been because I was a bit older now, and uh, and I was only a young lad at the first time, and I was kind of probably quiet in the dressing room uh, because of the amount of kind of players and just came. That's surprising that, by the way. Yeah. yeah well, we actually <laughs> quite all right. We'll say quieter. Uh, <laughs> but coming back, I was more established. I was I was an international footballer who had who had a number of caps. I'd been in England for a, a while as well, played at a good level. So I was coming back in a different. A different time in my career, so I just felt that dressing, David Weir, Fergie, obviously you say Fergie had left, but he's still, you've got guys that like Big Jag had been at the club a while, Boyde, Maisie, uh, Quicks was a really, really good player to play with as well, really good player, Magic Begera had came in that year as well, and him and Big Davy formed a brilliant partnership, again, unsung hero, who, again, cult hero, I suppose, Sasser, Sasa was so, so consistent and always there, never injured, just went about his business. Uh, barely said a word to anybody, just, uh, just go home with his job. But he was a really, really good player. Devo, wonderful footballer. You're still seeing that now, his performances in the team now. So we had a, we had a strong group, you know, with a real strong group of players. And it was that like, you, you were aware of it because I think it was signed Jelovic the following season. I think that was the first signing that we had made in kind of two seasons since the summer that I came. Yeah. So it was me, Pedro, Devo signed permanently after his loan deal. Uh, big Kyle Lafferty had came at the club. Yeah. We all came the same summer. And then it kind of went two two years without us signing that that, that permanent signing again. So, uh, listen, you were kind of aware of it, but we were confident in the group. You know, the, the group was strong. We had uh, not just a starting 11, we had probably... 16, 17 boys that were all probably expecting to play. So the, so the squad was still strong. But you're right, any, at the end of any season, you always look for a wee bit of freshness and you'll maybe isolate a, a, a position or two where you maybe feel you can strengthen. Yeah. But uh, obviously we were looking at more like loan signings or anything at, at that point. But listen, we went on and that was the, we actually won the league by a bit further that year. It was, it was brilliant year again, another good another good uh, day winning at Easter Road. But we won it, we won it with... I can't on that year. Yeah. So similar to the season before, first old firm game, you scored two. The, the memory I've got for that is Chris Boyd Tatty flick on for your second, and I think you still Tatty come come back to him for that jump he made it about five yards too early. Him and Griggs are still fighting over the assist. That's it. That's the problem. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, say no, but he assisted the first one with a toe poke, the left foot toe poke right through the middle. But uh, no, again, listen, it was the first old firm game. Everybody's up for it. Uh, at Ibrox, incredible atmosphere again, and that's the one thing I've missed this year about the games and yeah. things have been going really, really well for the team, obviously. But there's no fans there; it's not the same. But those games, like I said, they're incredible games. You know, always loved them. The first old fun, fun game of the season over that three years, I, I made my own. I think we're getting doubles in each of them. Uh, we won, we won every one as well, which was good. So yeah, we're two 0 up after 13 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. So it was. Uh, Brilliant start to a game, so it was uh, again two goals. Maybe a wee bit of luck with the second one. Maybe a wee bit of luck with the first one. Maybe a wee bit of luck with the first one as well. I think I hit that off the old shin. Hit my shin guard and went in the first one and crawled over the line. But it was, uh, I think Arthur Boric thought the goal was about five yards arse. He's standing on one post. He was expecting it to be pinned. I thought, no, no, I'm slowballing this. I'm going to slowball this in the side of you. So it was uh, no, a huge result again. Good start, first first old fun game of the season. You always want to win that one, get yourself set up for the season. So it was a uh, yeah, another two goals, good win. Got to kind of hang on a wee bit. We obviously uh, we conceded the penalty, but it was uh, no well well fought win that day. 
But I think the most memorable goal for you and most memorable game, certainly in my opinion, was the, the cup final that year. Just talk us through how, how does a team in a cup final, just for, I'm sure everybody does know the history behind it, but I'll go through it anyway. No, no, at half time, we get a man sent off, I think about 60 minutes, then an arm man sent off 70 minutes. How at that point? I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Tomo was sent off in the first half. I, I think it was the second, but it wasn't the long, the second, it may have been 50-60 minutes, I want to check, but regardless, yeah. anyway, I mean, nine men with 20 minutes to go and we're still going winning game. How does that happen? You know, again, but that's what I'm saying about that group. That group is just littered with winners mm. and guys that are willing to just to go that extra mile. And we know coaching now, and this is what you're kind of talking to players about that, trying to get them to understand what what it takes, the sacrifices you need to make, how you need to go these extra miles to to win any game of football. Never mind a cup final when you're down to nine men. You have to work hard and you have to you have to go that extra mile, extra yards to to win any game, whether it be 11 v 11, 10 v 11, but again, with nine men, that group just, just found a way to win, you know, and it's one again, it's, it's the stories go by that it was, Walter would let Ali kind of pick the team and he would let him and him and, him and Koji, Mc, Koji McDowell kind of take the team for the for the cup games, but that day, it was, I think it was half time, it was right down and it was, it was on the touch lines and you know, there was no doubt he, he, he played his part because he was absolutely demanding, he was shouting, he was barking at instructions, moving players for this position to that position. Again, I say that many a time, I think I might have played three or four positions that day. I think I might have played three or four positions in the one move. So you're back <laughs> up, actually, you're back <laughs> up it, defending, trying to stop a goal. And then when you make a breakaway, I mean, I'm, I, I watched myself look, looking at that and I thought, what, I'm thinking I was 28, 29 at that time, trying to run forward. That must have, The effort to just drive the knees forward that day was hard enough. So, uh, but again, it's a funny one because St Mirren were actually the better team than us in the first half. Because I remember at halftime of that game, I was fucking, I was going off my head because we were just well, so, so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt we had no, we had no reached our, our prefer game. Walter came in when I was kind of mid-rant a wee bit and told me to shut the fuck up and sit down. So bang, straight on my arse and listen. So it was a... Uh, it was one of them where we just we just hadn't hit. It was a similar to the, the, the Falkirk as well. We were rubbish, nice. rubbish in the game nice. against Falkirk. We took that goal for natural just after half time, like to win the game. But we just we just found a way. You know, there was a real belief and a spirit within the within the boys that we could still get the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I felt I think they smelt blood and they thought, oh, they're doing nine men now. For the first time in the game, the only time potentially they actually had overcommitted. Because when we're breaking forward, we were actually a bit of a three v two going mm-hmm. forward. We're then trying to get back, and and they were just as they were just as tired as us. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to get back, and sure enough, the big baby wheel steps out of the first thing the, the back four. The big man steps out, sprays it out to Nazi, who carries the ball unopposed, Aye, fifty sixty yards, which again is phenomenal considering they've got eleven men and we've got nine. Uh, he strides forward and I just I just wanted to get in the middle of the box and sure enough, Nasey put a ball right on the money, managed to plant a header right at the bottom corner. I think the bounce just helped beat beat uh, Paul. I think it was Paul Gallagher that was in the goal at the time and uh, it was just a that's, listen, it was just a perfect header. I couldn't have caught it any better. Listen, no saying I meant it. It just hit off the corner and went right in the okay. right in the bottom corner. You know, I can still I still get the feeling now when you jump in there. Uh, Jumping the hordings at Hamden and just shaking the fans right in front of the right in front of the fans and it's it's funny because I put that goal up on Instagram a couple of times 
Right. And there's a guy who always messages says, that's me, Kenny, the joker hat. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the joker hat in the corner in the stand. And it's uh, Andy Halliday's name is, I think it was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's somebody always asks oh, me and the joker yeah, that kind of thing. Even up the back that day. Yeah. Even up the back. <laughs> so it's saying, oh, amazing memories. Like I say, still look back at it. What a feeling because it's, it's phenomenal. Nine men, you know, but again, that just kind of, it just summed that team up. This, the, the belief, the the spirit within the team to get like, to get the job done. But again, Walter, he, he knew how a team, to set a team up. Even at that stage, it was still, it was still changing things and pushing people into a position just to fill gaps to make it hard to then obviously give yourself a chance to nick it and that's what we've done so CJ Stonewater mate a huge huge fan of the guy always I think I speak for the majority of the sport when I say that what kind of manager was he because you hear a lot of people who say like, oh he's a great man manager but surely he must have been pretty astute tactically as well to, to be that successful you think the days like that like any, see, see if I'm on a side you go down to nine men I'm, I'm trying to count my fingers to say what even formation do you play so he's able to think in that high pressured moment and create a situation where we want to win a game. So how would you define him as a manager? I think he was an incredible man manager, firstly. Yeah. Uh, and the first, again, the first signs I've seen of that was, was with the Scotland team. So he came in after Betty Volks, where we were on our arse, yeah. to be honest with you, the team. Uh, it was in a real, real low moment. But instantly, absolutely instantly, it got an effect. And I was speaking with Gary Caldwell about it the other week there. And we started you know, just kind of reminiscing a wee bit of what went on. I think his first, his, I think he had an opportunity to take a game. It might have been in February International, and he never took a game, but he, t- he got us a get-together. I think it was in a hotel down in Manchester somewhere. And he just was done training. His first meeting, he just he, he just had the group, you know. He had the group in the palm of his hand. And when you've got players in an international setup where everybody's probably playing for the clubs, Mm-hmm. So everybody, that's why they're getting the chance to come and play for them for their national team. So everybody fancies themselves to play. Yeah. And there's always people that are unhappy if they're not playing. That's just that goes with that's just football, club or country. But he just seemed to get over that. Everybody, whether they were playing or no playing, seemed to be buying into what he done. So that man management side at first time, you never had the, 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 the wee gripes and the groans that had potentially we had had before. And by the way, even after times I've seen it he just seemed to have this knacky you know what it was I think he had an aura right he's got an aura about him and instantly you say respect's earned and it is but he just had this he just the players just respected him and you would never cross him you would I think it was I remember one trip I think it was Boydie and Nigel Quasi needed shoes <laughs> for their suit so on a Friday afternoon they decided the day before the game to go into, into town and into cruise or into whatever it is to get a pair of shoes and Walter had found out about it and he, he pulls him up and he, you know he doesn't need to say too many he just needs to give you a look he's there he pulled him, he, he just the eyebrows he pulled, he pulled him up into the meeting and saying who's went into town for shoes or fucking whatever and fucking you like boy he's fucking <laughs> father sitting ripping and he's like boy fucking quasi and he's he's nailed listen never again you would never cross him ever again so he had this respect he had this aura so the man management side was always there but tactically it was it was incredible as well. Was, was to get to get us from where we were mm-hmm. pretty instantly to, to being at a different level. Like we went through the rankings under water initially, and then when he left obviously to go back to Rangers, Alex took over and he pretty much continued the work as well. And I think we reached this high 13th I in the world over that, over that time. And obviously we beat France home and away under under Alex. 
uh, it was just a, a real good time for the national team without actually making it obviously to the finals. But so tactically, you can't do that if, if you're not absolutely nailed on with what you want and able to get. And again, because they had the respect to the team, it was uh, it boys just wanted to like to carry out. The boys wanted to run through a brick wall for them. That was the man management and the tactical side. But a wee thing that he noticed in games. Like, so forget the cup final and he's pushing people here, there and everywhere to get the result. That old fun game at Parkhead, the first one, the 4-2. 4-2. We're in at half-time and it was 1-1. So at half-time, he's going through, right, this is what we need to do. We can, we can write it up, we can go win this, no problem, done well, whatever. And he just says, by the way, boys, Devo, look to the edge of the box. Look to the edge of the box, go a corner. Just look to the edge of the box because they're bare. They're bare arsed at the edge of the box. By the way, Devo still needs to hit the pass to on the money. Pedro still, Pedro still needs to hit it like an absolute arrow into the corner. But it's just these wee things. They just they seen things in games. So whether it be like you've said, changing a, a, a positions, changing a wee a wee a wee tweak to a formation, or even a wee nugget just to say, look, keep your eyes out for that. He said that before at half time of the game. He just says, look for if you get a corner, look to the edge of the box. Sure so that, they were there so that goal was never worked on or anything like that? That was just him saying that thing? No, it wasn't worked on. He just said he had noticed it in-game, maybe just noticed that they were bare arsed at the edge of the box. We went in, Pedro's free, bang, the rest history, 3-1, game over. So, so we had he, things like that. So he, he could see things in-game, leading into games, he knew how to set the team up to give them the best chance to win. And so, again, man management can only take you so far. Yeah. You, 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 need to, you need to have that that tactical mouse to actually get advantages within games. So and again, it might be prior to a game working on things, or it might be uh, it might be in game something like that. But what I would say is, we always did have top players, yeah. and when top players are playing together, things seem to happen. But when when it mattered most, when you're coming up against top teams in the Champions League, an old firm game, or like any of the international games we had. What were we put the work in on the on the on, on the training ground to make sure we were ready and prepped to, to go and have the best possible chance to win that game? Aye, I'd, I'd I thought that had to be the case given the fact that we were able to get the FA Cup final. Obviously, a large part of that was how we set up. Yeah. It had to be good at it. Uh, but obviously, we've done that the, the previous two years. But you could almost say the sort of feeling of that that squad around about that time was how we performed in Europe the, those two years. So I think your first games were. In, the game in Lithuania against Kaunas yeah. and then obviously that season we had a pretty poor Champions League uh, group stage I think it was Stuttgart, Seville and Unity I think it was that season yeah. so what, what do you think that was about do you think it was maybe this, because we were up on a smaller squad we were too stretched or what would you think that was? No, listen, it's, listen, it's just Champions League football Robbie. you know so ultimately it's either if you're talking about at that year where you're, you're not signing any players so yeah, yeah listen I don't think we're a particularly small squad Mm. But it's a squad that obviously wasn't strengthened. So again, we would set we would set our team up again in a way probably not to get beat. Yeah. To try and be defensively sound. Again, if the year after we look at we went to Old Trafford, you, you got an L nil. Uh it took a dubious penalty, I would say, Ibrox for them to actually beat us as well. Uh no, so, had but, with them. they had a good side that year. Good teams, you know, really good teams. There's no teams now, again, even you look at the Champions League now, like this, there's no easy games, you know, there's no easy games, particularly when you're not, it's not as if you're a, a superpower, you know, you're you're in there the mix trying to fight with the rest of them, so you're up against top players, but again, it was still disappointing, particularly that, particularly that year, the Unirea one, because we got beat at home uh, 4-1, but again, in all the goals, there was, what, was it, three deflected goals, and 
it was, it was incredible, you know, like every time they seemed to shoot, it seemed to hit one of their players and go the other way. And you're like, what on earth is going on here? Nice. So that obviously that never helped. And it was uh I, listen, it was a really poor year. Like there's no excuses for it, because in those games, like we, we should have been more competitive in that group. Yeah. Uh, the following year I wouldn't have said as much because it was hard group, you know, so it was that was a tough, tough group. But the the one that year, I think we we probably could have done a little bit better in that game. But you know, it's you would as much as they're disappointing. I think they are bonus. It's bonus games, you know. If we if we could even if we had got to the, the last sixteen of that one, it still would have been a still would have been a fair achievement coming out of that group because you're saying oh, it's Stuttgart's and Unidas and uh Seville. Uh, I mean, they're tough, tough games. You know, tough games, particularly away from home. They're always going to be tough games. So to get anything at that level, you need to really get your home game sorted. So when we had got beat by Unirea, that that was a that was a real body blow for us in terms of trying to qualify. Aye. So I think obviously touched on the, the cup final. I think we built the momentum after that, able to wrap the league up with four games to go. So that's obviously quite relevant to what's happened this season. And after that, you played in a quote-unquote meaningless old firm. You scored in it, but we lost 2-1. So it's just a case of we're going into the game at the weekend. Do you feel as though there is such a thing as a meaningless old firm or is there still that sort of underlying psychological element to it? Well, speaking before the Cup uh, the cup semi, it's a, uh, sorry, the, uh, the, the Cup game a couple of weeks ago, it's a Scottish Cup game that we want to win. Yeah. It's their only chance in now getting silverware. So it was a huge, huge game. For both teams, for both these again, even management at Celtic, what's going on there? Is that a chance for, for, for John Kennedy to maybe get the job? It's also a chance for obviously Stephen Gerrard to get a double. So it was a huge game. This this time, we've now got the opportunity to go through the season unbeaten yeah. against Celtic. Unbeaten in the league. So there's still a lot on it. Celtics, Celtic's characters, can they stop Rangers for doing that? You know, so there's, there's never, there never is. I mean, again, you talk about that game in that season, like we had won the league, it was it was all over. Uh, but it was a chance for them to salvage a wee bit of pride. Yeah. And I, and I could tell you for a fact, in that dressing room, there was, in our dressing room, there was absolutely no one taking it lightly. No, you know, and it was actually incredible that night. We, we actually were phenomenal that night. Yeah, I can't believe it. Absolutely. I remember the first half, some of the stuff we played was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely unbelievable that night. Uh, but again, we lost the game. There's, whether, we, whether the league had been done or not done, our dressing room was the same after the game. Oh, still, still gutted, still disappointed we've lost that game because they've always, they've always been something. Yep, the league's done. Uh, there's no a league placing or anything really at stake in that sense but there is there's an unbeaten season to keep going there's an unbeaten season against Celtic obviously to keep going Celtic will have the opportunity to stop that so I'm sure that will be their character as well Aye. So obviously going to a new season it's a new season but a similar part emerges you score in the, the first old firm it was the you scored two actually the 3-1 game at Parkhead so I'm just interested to know so that's three years on the trot you've scored in the first half of the season which uh, obviously we spoke earlier you, you seem to have quite a strong mindset mentality do you have a different mindset going into old firm games or is it is, is the reason you do so well you treat it like any other or is the reason you do so well you, you've got a different mindset altogether no I'll have the same mindset going into the games but I love them I absolutely love the games I, I've, again I went through a lot over the the kind of two years kind of prior to leaving, uh, 2016 to 18, there's a lot of talk surrounding like how can we close this gap? How can we get the mentality back to where it was before? And 
I've, I've said what we have needed, and again, McGregor's, Davis's were, are absolutely crucial to this, is getting people who can go into these environments and these games and know just look forward to them and know just kind of, oh, I can handle, I can handle big game. Guys that go on it and thrive on it. Look, Alan McGregor, Alan McGregor just absolutely epitomises that. It mm-hmm. it comes up the saves he makes through a season are phenomenal. You know, it might get you between ten and fifteen points. Uh, even a, even a top team in the country like Rangers, he'll still gain points and he'll play his part in winning that league. European, some of the saves that European save for that header was just out mm-hmm. out of this world. And it, penalty saves, like how many big penalty saves is, is he going to have? He's, he's done know, three against Celtic, didn't he? Three and, 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 and these are the kind of things. So for me, I loved it as well. You know, I, I loved the old firm atmosphere. Absolutely loved it. There was, it was a game you look forward to. I was never like, never scared to go and play in it. Never thinking, okay, well, if I don't do my job, I'm going to get hacked. No, and just never, there was none of that, none of that thinking. It was, get in, go and be the best player on the pitch. Go and be the best player on the pitch in the game. Did you did you job. find then in your experience there was players who maybe were really good but but couldn't handle that? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's again there's that you only need to go through time yeah. to actually see people that have there's really, really good players that have maybe never ever lived up to the to the fixture and not being able to handle it. Which again, like I said, sometimes these games can make or break you. Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't handle it, if you have an off day or an off couple of games in, in these games, like it'll never be forgotten. You know, these things will never get forgotten if you if you cost your team a game or you miss a big chance in the game. It's uh that's always I'll always get kind of regurgitated the next time the next one comes around. So it was uh, there's hundred percent there'll be far better players than me that have played in this game that might not have quite performed at the level they would have expected to. But uh, that said, you need guys that can go and thrive on that atmosphere and are, are willing to understand what it is, yeah. understand what it is, understand what it means, mm-hmm. uh, and can actually bring their A game when the, when the, when the first whistle goes. Aye. Well, I don't think there's any doubt you were able to do that. So in that in that first six months, your goal record was unbelievable, if I remember right. So would you say that between that six months and the previous year, that was the best 18 months of your career? Probably, aye. Mm-hmm. Probably. And again, I would even say even that spell, like that that kind of two and a half, three year spell for me was, was again, it was, it's no surprise it came on the water yeah. because I've always said he found, so again, another one of his abilities, his man management ability, he just seemed to get that extra out of people. For me, he got it, he got it, he got it extra. Like he found initially with Scotland and I've told the story a million times before we played Austria one night in a friendly in August, uh, we're warming up. And I had his first game was against Italy in the San Siro. We got beat 2 0 to a PLO, two PLO free kicks. I missed a chance, went through, fucking scuffed my shot, brutal. Went through. How were you scuffing it in enough? It was pretty much like the Morris one again, the old firm, but this time Booth one saved it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, missed, so I, missed, I missed a chance, good chance. Uh, the next game is Mo- Belarus. We right. played Belarus away at the end of the season international. I go through, I zing one into the top. Dan Fletcher put one over the top. I've kind of had a volley, half volley into the top corner. Keeper saved it, put it over the bar. I'm getting hammered again because I've missed. We do not know hammered again for missing another chance. So before the August international, we're into the next season now. Training, Super Ali came up to me and goes, Kenny, you're looking sharp, you're looking right sharp, you're, you're a yard ahead of everybody, the way Ali would do, it'll make you feel good. I went, oh, cheers, Super, bro, I feel good, start the season well. I went, oh, no, you're doing great. 
And then Walter pulled me at the end of the session to say I was playing on a bit of a different role. I was playing a wee bit off Gary O'Connor that night. Right. I went, oh, no bother, boss. No bother, fine. He went, listen, he goes, since I've came in, you've been unbelievable for me. He goes, as long as you're performing to these levels, you'll always be the number nine in this team. And this was his third game in. And that's Walter Smith telling me this. And I thought, whoa. I left that. And I hadn't scored in the first two games. I left that and I thought, fucking hell. I felt, felt 10 feet tall. I scored that night, the opener. The next game was Italy at home. Scored that. We drew 1-1. That was on the Saturday. On the Tuesday night, we were away in Norway. We won 2-1 and scored the two of them. And like it was just... He just give he just he found that extra five ten percent in people. So that period working with him at club football day in day out, I was able to get to these levels. Listen, again, far from the best player that's ever played the game, but I, I, I believe I know I knew my role. Listen, had bad games, everybody does, but over that period for me, that was probably the most enjoyment and probably the best levels that I got to over the, over my career. See, see, just going back to Walter, like, see what he said to you. That seems to me something like a kind of standard thing for a manager to say. Would that have, see if somebody else had said that, say whatever manager, see if it was Bertie Votes, see if he said that, would it have had the same effect or was it just something about him that made you believe it? No, I guess, and who knows? Who knows? But for me, he, he's honest because see if he never felt it, he wouldn't say it. And that probably so, there was the respect there that he was, he was a straight shooter. Again, there was no, no, no games with Walter. He would, he would tell you how it is. Again, he, he gave people umpteen people dressing yeah, downs, half times of games. He just, again, <laughs> the stair, the stair's the best. The stair's <laughs> the best. So that season, the start of that season, a sc- score a first, first, no, first time I've had the number nine Rangers on my back. Mm-hmm. It meant the world to me to have that. Boyd had just left. Yeah. Number nine. Go wee Jimmy, wee Jimmy, any chance of number nine, Jimmy? He's like, fuck off, you're not getting the nine. They're like, come on, wee man, come on. Like, that's it, so you have the number nine. Because by the way, Jimmy decided, no, the gaffer. Jimmy would decide. No to chance. No chance. So that's it, all right, right, you know it, you know it. So absolutely buzzing, I've got number nine. So the first game of the season was, was it Kilmarnock? Was it Kilmarnock or St Johnston? Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. It's Kilmarnock. There's a scrimmage. I think we only won 1-0. There's a scrimmage. And it's a corner, it's dropped and it's cleared and it's dropped again. And somebody goes to clear it and I've turned my back and it's rattled off the number nine and flew into the back of the goal. <laughs> and that was my first goal. If that was that 18, that's goal. not going in. <laughs> if that was 18, it was hitting the wrong corner with the one and going <laughs> the corner off the corner flag. But I just thought there was there was a son, I just, I just felt a big boy, I'm getting a bit of big boy, he's luck here. It's hit, it's hit my back and I've, not, I've never had a goal like that. It, it, it has, has asked, but... It had his Arsenal, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it went in there. Then the next game was Hibs away, hat trick. I then actually remember that. And then we had a, we played Hamilton, but we had a Champions League game this week. So, what was pulling me on the Friday or the Saturday morning? I might have been right, listen, I'm, I'm resting you for the. I went, fuck off, gaff. <laughs> I've, I've, scored, I've scored a goal, I've scored a hat trick. I went, can you go to play me? He's like, no, you're not playing. We've got Champions League on thing, I'm dressed in your place. So we go, I think we went 1 0 up. I think Yellow scored. I think, was his, scored. I think that was his first goal. I think it was. I think he scored, but then they equalised. They equalised to make it 1 1. So there was like 15 to go. And he went, right, on, you're, on, you're going on, you're going on. So I went, right, so I've scored the winner in the 90th minute. We win 2 1. So it was a bad, bad game, right? Rubbish game. So I've, I've got man of the match. 
Flight was on Sky. I've got my match coming on for 15 minutes. I'm away getting my champagne and that doing my interview. Buzzing, it's got five goals in three games or three wins out of three at the start of the season. So I go back into the dressing room, fucking buzzing. I've won the game, got my man in the match champagne, got my goal, buzzing. Quiet, the place is dead. Super Ali and Koji are standing in the corner, like sitting in the corner, even they're low. So I obviously I don't know this, but Walter, Walter's gave them a dressing down. Right. So I, I walk back and fucking bubbly, got my champagne, right? And they're going to fucking go across to go across the super. I went, look at that, 15 minutes. Imagine what would have happened if I'd played 90. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, Walter was just in the corner like that and he just stared at me and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, he's went, he's obviously gave them an absolute doing and I'm I'm going in there bubbly and chirpy, so he just gave me the stare, so I just sat down, got my gear off and jumped in the shower. So he never gave you any thanks for scoring the winner, no? Thanks for scoring the winner, that's a job, mate, it's a job. Aye, that's it, mate, especially a number nine jersey. Yeah. It's obviously, as I said, incredible six-month period you had there. You were coming to the end of your contact, I believe, and there was a lot of speculation where you going, so you end up going to... Versus poor. So obviously, I think I hope you don't mind me saying, but realistically, there's going to, got to be a, a big financial uh, element to that. With you were 30 year old, there was talk of it at the time. But what, what was your kind of thinking behind even at that time, considering you were you were on such a high? So, so what happened was we went to we came to Sydney actually that pre-season, right. and Walter had spoke to me on the way over and said he was going to he wanted to resign me for another two years. And he goes, listen, I'm going to try and get you the same same contract. Right. So this is obviously, we hadn't signed the player. We had just signed Yelovic, actually. Yeah. Or we're just about to sign Yelovic. I don't know if we had signed him yet. But he was so like the only, the only fee we kind of paid at that time. That's right. So we were, obviously we kind of knew that, again, from the discussions that I'd had about re-signing, uh, I kind of knew that maybe there was there was some kind of issues. Didn't know what, because again, what were... I kept that away for us. We just had to focus on winning games. So I was like, of course, Gaffer, just, just let us know. So a few months had passed. We were well into the start of the season and he came to me saying, listen, right, that's it. I've got you. I've got your same deal, blah, blah, blah. I went, okay, no problem. So my agent spoke to the club. We went through it. I don't know exactly. Again, we never even kind of got down the road too far, but it got made quite clear that firstly, there, there was, I don't think it was exactly the same as what it was, but then within 24 hours, I'd kind of been rescinded. I'd been taken off the table, and it was a significant uh, pay cut. So we were thinking, okay, what's going on? It's, listen, it's not all about money and things. It's, it's not. But I was playing really, really well, and I was scoring a lot of goals. And uh, I just, uh, I thought I'd at least deserved, at least deserved like the same kind of deal. So we made a way that I wasn't going to get that. So what we'd done at that point was it was just kind of knocked on the head at that point to wait and see how things were going to pan out over the, the course of the season. And obviously my form continued. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I went to Bursa initially, but I kind of decided that thought that if I had a chance was to go rather than waiting to the end, I was 31 actually at the time. Uh, I just turned 31 in December. So rather than wait to the end of the season, if there was an opportunity, because I was going to be gone at the end of the season, that had been made quite clear because the a contract probably wasn't going to be there. So I'd actually agreed to go to Fiorentina. All right. I was going to Fiorentina. Uh, Big Ammo was a scout there. So everyone was agreed. I was going to Fiorentina. And great opportunity somewhere. I really thought my kind of style would, would have suited. And something happened... Literally, I was, I was expecting to fly on a Wednesday and I'd not heard a thing from my agent. And my agent, me and my, me and my agent for 20 years now, like he's like a brother. And he hadn't been on the phone. 
And it just wasn't like him. And I phoned him up Wednesday. I went, what's going on, Dave? He went, honestly, you're not going to believe us. Son came out in a press. For no go into it. There was a bit of negativity surrounding it. And the club ended up getting a bit of cold feet. Pulled the deal. About you? Yeah. I, just about saying, oh, maybe, maybe you know the right sign. And it's no good enough to play for the blah, blah, blah. And the club ended up getting cold feet. Some, it was, a, it was a, something for an ex-player. So anyway, the deal ended up going cold. So I was sitting like, like I was all decided. Everyone was agreed. I was, I was getting ready to jump on a plane. Spoke to the manager. Spoke to the manager. Everyone was done. And then it got pulled at last minute. So I kind of had my mindset that I, I was gone. Uh, there was another couple of opportunities on the table. Big Alex wanted me to go down to Birmingham, which is incredible, considering he patched me for ages all the years ago. <laughs> he can't so, be uh, up that guy, can he? No, he wants me, doesn't he want me? Well, he gives me my debut and he wants to sell me. And uh, So he had the chance to go there, but I just thought I didn't quite fancy that opportunity at that time. Uh, so it was something different, you know. Listen, it never, it never lasted long for pretty much family reasons, not so much, not about the football. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. Great fans. People couldn't do enough for you. Really, it was a technical kind of style of football with some really, really good players. Uh, enjoyed it. I'd, 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 I'd had a good five months there as well. Really off to a flyer, scored a, scored a goal in the full debut against Galatasaray. It was an amazing game. So, uh, But it just wasn't right for the family. So that's obviously when I decided to, to move on. But I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave, but it was made apparent to me that come the end of the season, I was probably going to have to go. So when you're at that age as well, I thought, maybe why not? Why take the risk of something but potentially going wrong? And, and going at that point rather than just, just waiting to the end of the season. In hindsight, I wouldn't say it's a regret, but I wished I had I wished I had kind of seen that season out and finished with 40 goals and, and was able to play like kind of go to the end of the season and and, and have the have all the feelings again that final day win as well. I mean, I'd be at a game today, uh, the final win. It was our second last game of the season in Turkey. And I'm on my phone before we were kicking off checking and it was goal and it was goal and it was goal. It was like it, it would have been amazing to be there, you know. But it's uh, again I like to think I played my part with it with the first half of the season and, and the goals that were scored and things helped us get to the kind of lead that we were at at that time. Did you still get your medals? I actually think you still finished I die. I die. Nah, yeah. I see you still finished up goal scorer, so you clearly played a huge part that season. Yeah. So obviously, leave, as you say, leave the club, go to Bursus, well, I think MLS for a couple of years as well, and then you return in 2014. Did that come as a surprise at the age of 34? I'm assuming that when you left at 30 or 31, as you say, that you weren't obviously going to come back, but you're able to return to the club at the age of 34. Was that a wee bit of a surprise? You know, when I was in Turkey, I phoned Koisty and Koji to try and see if I would be able to come back that summer. Oh, really? Yep. And for one reason or another, it never quite, never quite panned out. When I went to, I went to Cardiff first and then I went to the MLS. So pretty much, and I kept in touch with, with, with Coystay and, and Koji over that time and pretty much every time my transfer window came about when I was in Vancouver, I was getting yeah, linked to going back. I was always, and then eventually after a couple of years, I, I, I kind of got done. Which I'd been, I would have done it whether when we were in league, in, in league two. I would have came back in league two, no problem. It just so happened it was two years later, and when we were in the championship, uh, we just got promoted to the championship for league one with unbeaten C, and I got the chance to come back. So it was, it was always on the cards. I, I wanted to come back and play my part. Like I said, I tried to convince them to get me back to Turkey. Uh, one reason or another, it never happened, and then a couple of years down the line, it 
I managed to get the chance to come back. So it was a, a no-brainer for me. It was a good time to come back. I wanted to play my part. I've all, every time I've left, I've always can really, really miss the place. Uh, it does feel feel like home. Yeah. Uh, the people that are there, I've always had good relationships with the people there. Even now, I still still speak to probably staff more than players, to be honest with you. So it's... Uh, it's uh, I ain't seen B. Jean had retired this year for the kitchen as well. She followed her on Instagram, so I got her. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was retiring, so it was, uh, again, it's a, it's a shame. Again, the way things finished off as well, it was, you know, really got a chance to see all these people, which was disappointing. But listen, it's I always missed the place, so getting the chance to go back again for me was was amazing. And it was a good time for my family as well. Uh, Sloan was at a good, she was at the age where she was starting school, so it, would, right. it was nice to get back in and kind of put down roots for that as well. So obviously you come back in very different circumstances because we're in the championship and at that time McCoy's obviously been a manager you have to deal with a whole load of things out with just, just in the playing side but how do you feel he dealt with being a manager and do you feel as though it's a role that he could go into in the future and, and excel in? I felt it was like you say he's probably managed through probably one of the hardest times if not the hardest time in the club's history Mm-hmm. And it was under so much uh, pressure dealing with other stuff that I'll, I've always said I, I wish they'd had the same opportunity as what other people would have had. Because with the level, the players obviously left the football club mm-hmm. at that moment. Like McGregor left, Davis left, Whitaker left, Naismith left, Lafferty all left, Moe Do left. Yeah. I think there was a couple of younger lads that had left as well. Uh, so it was... Uh, it was it was tough. It was tough to obviously then the season where we obviously we went into liquidation and there was points deductions and things. But we're actually about was it 10, 12 points ahead of the league at the start of that season. Yep. Uh, and then obviously that got kind of that had got kind of clawed back by running about where things were starting to go a bit peaked on. But uh obviously then the then the then the then the, then the points deduction came in and it kind of obviously finished off the league. All the players left. And now we didn't even know what league we were going in. You know, yeah. we didn't even know until what is it a month or so or six weeks prior to the season maybe starting that we were told that yeah, that's it, you're at the bottom level. So I think Coyce then had to then go and get a squad together to get us through the leagues ultimately. And uh which they've done, and right by the way, should have done, yeah. right? Again, should have done, but we also should have got won the championship the first time you ask him. Yeah. But what, what I found is and I found hard was it was it was a different it was a different place yeah. you know like when I'm talking about the first group of players that I was in right was incredible right it maybe potentially wasn't the best group mm-hmm. but in terms of individual group of players incredible you come back in the 2008 still really really good players fully internationals but a group was a strong group really really strong group good dressing room. Uh, Never say die. Fight to the end as shown in the first league season, fighting that points difference back. Second season, the nine-man cup final. No signing players. Still winning leagues, still winning cups every season. There was a real winning mentality in that group. And then you come back and it, it just wasn't, wasn't quite like there. There was the standards were, were no there the same way as what they had been. Uh, I know Coyster was trying so hard to drive that and, and get that, that, that kind of... that these standards back and, and the demand and the, and the levels every day. It's the daily habits. It's daily habits of players. Like when you're at a, when you're at a club like Rangers, your, your, your standards have to be higher. 
Mm-hmm. And they must be met every day. It can't just be hopefully turn up on a Saturday and win a game because yeah. that season it showed we never done that. Yeah, we couldn't do it often enough. And I, I, I say now we actually finished third yeah. in the championship that year. Great. It's absolutely phenomenal to think now that we finished third in the championship. Mm-hmm. Like to where we to where we were to where we are now. That that year we finished third in the championship. And you know, I was lucky. I was lucky that I had a contract because otherwise I would I would have been out as well. I would so have I think, been out as well and I would have been able to complete that journey. Yeah. I think often people talk about, you know, Ibrook's great place to play a football. The fans are passionate, great to play in front of and stuff. But on the flip side, I can imagine we can be a very tough support to play in front of as well. Just kind of how difficult was it to do that that season? That was that was incredible because you're right. If you've not got that, and this is where you're talking about really, really good players who potentially might not have the, the mentality or the character to deal with certain things, it can be a tough place to play if things are not going well. That year, I'm sure the, the, the crowds were like dwindling down to like twelves and fifteen thousands for some of the games, yeah. which is again, it's just it's just absolute alien to that football club. The players have seen the support that the club have had through the levels. I came back when I was in Vancouver. I came back to uh, a game in League League Two against Peterhead, I think it was, right. and I think there was fifty thousand at the game. Right. I'm sitting and I'm sitting in the stand watching this game. Thinking, this is a League Two game in Scotland, and there's fifty thousand. Like the fans just followed near and far, you yeah. know. Iron Law just followed everywhere, everywhere, everywhere the team went. And again, it was like there was a them versus us type thing against the, towards the club at that time. And but that year, because things were going so bad, it was just uh, the crowds were dwindling as well. And when that happens, there's something wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So we really, really underperformed, and everybody was in, involved in that group. I'll, I'll say that. It was poor. I really did feel fortunate that I was still there the following year because yeah. I had a contract that was uh, triggered on appearances and I, I played any time I was fit, I normally played. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just grateful I managed to get the chance to stay the next year and I was there under wards. Yeah. So obviously, as I said, very poor season, disappointing one. Uh, we ended it really poorly with a Motherwell game. However, <laughs> I want to try and lighten him a wee bit and talk about this man, Mojny. Was he, he seemed like an absolute screwball before he'd done that in the Motherwell game. Talk, what was he like as a guy? You know, it was, it was actually, it was so, so quiet. But, 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 it really, really quiet, but it was, it was just, it was one of these guys when you go on the field, like, he's, he'll, he'll fight you. He'll, and he will fight you. Like we seen at the end of the game, <laughs> if things are not going to go right, he, he could he could land on you, and that was it was just. But see, in training and that, he was a clumsy, clumsy big fucker. You know, he would always be tackling and standing on people's toes and just like, kind of coming across potentially as dirty. But it wasn't. It was just. It was actually a like really really quiet, decent guy. But go on the field to play. If you don't don't know on his team. Then he will. He's, he's he's there to fight you. And the end of that game was carnage. You know, it was yeah. absolute carnage. I mean, there's actually a picture of me, and I'm I'm like this with someone. <laughs> I, I see the picture. Like, like I never went through it, but I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm, I'm 34, 35. What am I doing here? Never like, went through it, it, but you must have felt must have felt like a hard man showing everybody that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! I'd done the boy, and they're like, oh no, you never came. You never even <laughs> It was like one of these things that, like, you know, again, it was a, it was a, it was an embarrassing end to a really, really poor season for us. Uh, obviously, the manager changed at that point as well. Koisty had left. Koji now had left. Kenny, uh, sorry, uh, Stuart McCall had come in. We had different staff. Uh, to be fair, he kind of steadied the ship a wee bit through what was going on and like got us, I wouldn't say playing, but he kind of organised us to a way again 
probably know to get beat. I remember we went, we'd been, Hibs had battered us all that season, if you remember. Uh, but we had went to Easter Road and Stuart was in, and he literally just matched them up. Yeah. That's what he said to us, they were going to match them up. Right. And they won 2-0. Uh, I think big, big Waldo score, and I scored and in the game, right. 2-0. Then we got them in the playoffs as well, and we beat them at home, and that was a brilliant night that night, to be honest, I brought Stephen Hibs at, in the playoffs, we then got through, uh, and obviously the final was just a disaster. Uh, but uh, aye, so it was a poor end, poor end to a really poor season. I think it's one of them you can laugh about now, but I agree with you at the time, it was embarrassing, and it just sort of summed up that season, to be honest. Uh, but anyway, we move on, and I think things started to look a wee bit prettier off the field as well in the boardroom, so there was still that sort of lag between whether Stuart McCall was going to get it, whether we were going to go somewhere else. I think there's a couple of foreign managers linked to it as well, actually. But in comes Mark Warburton, obviously he'd made a, a good reputation for himself down at Brentford. What were your early impressions of him? Impressed. It was right for the word go. Uh, obviously, bringing Big Davy back as well because he had worked with him at Brentford again. was always going to come back with him, but it was a, a no-brainer to bring the big man back with him as well. Uh, knows the club, captain the club, been there for five years as a player. Knew, knew what it was about. Uh, straight away, his cards were on the table about how he wanted to play. There was un, under no illusion of how, he, want, how, we, how we, he wanted us to play. Wanted to play a certain style. Uh, again, knew what the demands of the club were. It was... He put it out straight away, win the league. Mm-hmm. No, just win it, smash it, get European football back to the club, and ultimately they win the league back. That was the, that was the steps. Yeah. Uh, again, did go through the league. Hibs were again another worthy worthy challenger towards that. They were a really really good team at that time. Obviously, needless to say, both of us were in the cup final at the end of the year, which I think that's the first time that's that's happened with two teams outside the top flight that were in the final. Uh, but I we played some really really good stuff that year. Obviously, it was signings. Now you look at Tav was signed, who's now club captain. And again, if you were to sell him, you're probably looking upwards of fifteen million to get rid of him. Excellent recruitment. Waggy left again after having a couple of good seasons. Uh, again, he was he's having to sign players on a different budget yeah. to what any other Rangers manager had. Uh, so we're having to kind of put up his signings that no lot of fans would have knew. That turned out to be good signings for us that year to get us up. Uh, some good. He obviously still had myself there, who had been at the club a number of years. Big Lee Wallace, a number of years. Obviously, that a lot of players had left as well because I think even the chairman had actually came out and said that it hadn't been good enough, and anybody who had been part of it who never had a contract was literally left. Yeah. So everybody who had never had a contract was out the door, mm-hmm. and Wobbs had the opportunity to kind of structure his squad together the way he saw fit and uh, put a good squad together. For the for that level, like we're yeah. always, I said the season before, we should have won it. We did win it. We won it well. Uh, had some really good moments that season. Obviously, the semi final being a massive highlight of that season. But on the flip side of that, the final was the biggest low, one of the, probably the biggest lows in my career to be honest. So, but it was a good year overall. It could have been a great year, considering yeah. that you said no one the Scottish Cup since two thousand nine. We've then made a missed another opportunity this year. We could have had that Scottish Cup in 2016, two one up. Me and your bro scoring the goals as well. Your bro could have had a cup final winner. Uh, don't don't remind me. Two, two minutes to go. Sorry, ten minutes to go. Two one up. We, we should be seeing that game out. So really disappointed. See, see, it's just funny you touched on it at the start. He came in and made the message really clear. So. It's funny, obviously, you said Walter Smith was similar. They're two totally different guys, right? One was very honest in maybe a more stern way, 
but he provided a lot of clarity on his own beliefs. Do you think, just this is kind of off topic a wee bit, but do you think what makes a good, one of the sort of key attributes of a good manager is clarity? Because that's what I think Warburton did kind of bring in terms of style of play, but that almost get used against him as well with, with the media and some support. No, it did. It did. Uh, and I absolutely believe clarity. And it's not just clarity. And it's clarity in so many ways. What it did was it allowed the fans to understand what it was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, so you as fans were never, ever in doubt how we were going to try and play. Yeah. It was, by the way, it was an opportunity to really hone it in the championship, yeah. which we did. Played some excellent stuff. I actually missed the first uh, league game of the season against St Mirren, but the place was absolutely oh, rocking that night. Yeah. Rocking. Yeah, there was full optimism. Uh, the place was electric. And we won, I think we won the game 3-1 that night. Yeah, Incredible atmosphere, but there was real clarity within the within the group. There was clarity of how we we're going to play, what was expected, the roles, the responsibilities, each position, and in the and in the team. So, yeah, it was, and it's huge for any manager. You need to have that. You need to understand that. Again, what I would say about about the time at Warburton, again, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and you hear this and you hear that, and this is why I left, and did they resign? Did they not resign? Did oh, all this kind of carry on uh, about what was going on? But I believe we were making forward steps. Yeah. We were making forward steps. Even the year we went up, I think uh, we talk, we're talking about it off air before we came on that the recruitment that year potentially wasn't right. Yeah. But I think he, Mark Warburton is a very, very intelligent man. Away from football, he's a very intelligent man. But he knows football and he recognised that there was potential errors made that, that summer in recruitment. Uh, and I, I felt he probably did deserve a chance to re- rectify it. And I do believe, and I still believe, and I'm sure your brother would tell us the exact same or anybody that was involved in that group. Had he not left, I felt we, we still would have got second that year. By the way, we would have been miles back behind Celtic, right? Because that was their unbeaten year. Yeah. And I've always said, you can't, we couldn't judge ourselves based on how many points Celtic have got. We had to judge ourselves based on us. And we should have more points that year. But I believe if he had still been there, we still we would have got second that year. I do, but listen, unproven and we'll never, but I believe we would have. I no, believe we would have. I think uh, it means that I agree with you. And I think that the point you made about how well Celtic done that year probably went against him. I totally agree because you could even sort of compare that to, to Celtic was this year. The kind of fell away a bit more, but see up until January, their points per game was actually quite decent, but we were just that good. And I think that if you look back on that year, Realistically, we're never, we were never going to get 90 plus point, probably even weren't going to get 80 plus. But if you actually look at the next season, uh, where Tushinia came in, whatever else, we spent a bit of money, we still we were three points better off. So yeah. it's, and go back to the point you made about the championship was sort of the year to hone that style of play. What do you think would have been the case? Obviously, it's unrealistic and it's all hearsay, but what do you think would have happened? See if Warburton was able to come in a year or two earlier. And we could really establish that style of play from top to bottom. Do you think that would have made us in an even better place going into the Prem? All, all I would say on it is that when you get to that level, it's a different level. So yeah. going for the championship and, and putting it into, into, into play, the reasons it's probably as easier, and again, it's with no disrespect to anybody, if you do make mistakes, the chances are you're potentially not going to get as punished as much yeah. as what you would have. And we did make mistakes that year. There were certain games that we were really put. I think after, I think it was something after we won the semi-final. I don't think we won another game well, at the end of that season. There was draw, 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 and obviously we lost the cup final. 
So, like, we still, there were still games where we never done it. There was a lot of things going on about, we're talking about how can we tighten up on uh, transitions? How can we stop getting countered on and blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of things getting discussed even at that time that were still getting talked about the next season. But now you're playing against a higher level of player. You're yeah. playing against better teams that we were getting punished for certain things uh, that we, uh, we probably wouldn't get punished for this season before. And when that happens, if you've not got the strong characters within the group, they can start to doubt it. And that did happen. That crept into that group the following season uh, for one reason or another. Whereas you had people who were fully believing it. Like, that's how I want to play. I know that's how a lot of other boys want to play. But there was maybe a wee bit of starting off. Can we do that? Again, plan B. Kept hearing a lot about fucking plan B. We can change the way we're playing. And listen to Russell Martin, who came to the club. Uh, oh, unbelievable, right? Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. And he's right. Plan B is stick a big fucker yeah. up front and kick the ball long. Yeah. Well, why would you do that? See, if you train that every day, do it. Yeah. But why would a team who want to play football and play a certain way go and do that if they're no ball to do? You know, it was a brilliant interview. Really, not. I texted him actually about it because I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. And a real good, ex- clear, by the way, explanation of why you will not do that. Yeah. You know, we were the same a wee bit. And again, but like you say, sometimes that plan B, make plan A better, was kind of thrown back in Warbles' face a wee bit. But that's what he meant. That's what he was meaning. I don't get that because that's obvious, surely. Obviously, that like if you've got a style of play, like, and the thing is, I don't think yourself just now or him is saying that going direct is wrong. But that's no. just how that team was built. No. In that way, not at all. Or Barry McKay, it wouldn't have worked. So why would we do it? And that's exactly it. You know, it's ultimately the games that never worked for us was not because it was wrong. It's because we, we never performed within it. It's the wrong hand. Exactly. Or we got we got people who maybe lost a wee bit of confidence. And when the fans did get on top of us because there was a wee bit of mistakes, started to go whole oh, oh, way hang fire here. Maybe this is no for me. Yeah. Maybe this is no for me. And it's happened to many a player, yeah. many a player, whether it be really, really good player that's not, or maybe not so good player who's not been able to handle it. And that's where, listen, it's the best place in the world to play. It is. There's no getting away from that. But it is hard. It can be hard in those times. And that's where it takes a, it takes a strong character, strong mentally, believe, like, confident in what you're actually doing. But it needs a team of that to actually see through the hard times. And uh, obviously, Wobbs then obviously ended up leaving, I think it was in about January, February time. Uh, and obviously it was all the kind of work that he had kind of put was now it's no toned down but you're now moving on to a different manager who might have completely different ideas different different uh, different way of playing might want to play a different formation might need a different style of player type of player to actually play the way he wants to play so it was going to be a bit of an overhaul so obviously we'll take it back a wee bit if you don't mind to a time where it did work it was obviously that semi-final game so for me personally, I think looking back on that game, people can kind of forget how good it felt at that time because we never went on to win the final. But just for yourself, how special was that day given the circumstances of being a championship? There was still a lot of doubt in that game. A lot of people had us doubt to get battered because people, again, now look back and think, oh, Dallas team were, were shite. But at the time, they were still the top team in the country and we were a league below. We went there that day, played really, really well. So how was it to be a part of? Listen, it was a brilliant day. What an incredible day. Again, it is sour the fact that we never went on to win it because we never achieved anything that day. You know, and that's again that's where, where I'm at. Like, I've, I want to win. 
You know, so that's part, that's one step along the way to winning the cup. And ultimately, we fell down. We fell down at the final hurdle and it was absolutely gutted that, that that's the way it went. But that day, again, for what it was against them, I mean, like you say, we were down to get barred. Nobody would have given us a chance based on we're in the championship and they're, they're winning the league, they've won the league X amount of years, blah, 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 blah. But genuinely, we, we absolutely believed that we would have won that game. We believed that we would be the better team. We believed that we could pass through them and play out the way we played. And absolutely, listen, you have to ride your luck. Patrick Roberts' chance should be in the back of the goal, right? No doubt about it. But we were the better team that day. We were the better team, uh, played better stuff, had a better idea of what we were actually doing, better structure we knew. Again, me and Waldo were together the night before. And you, you, Andy, I've told you about Waldo. I don't know if you've ever spoke to him. Or, the big man loves his football. You know, football daft. Loves, loves his coaching. Great guy. Me and him were up on the suede headboard with X's and O's, working out what was going to be happening the next game. Night, the yeah, next game. Honestly, salt and peppers, brown sauces and ketchups were all over the table. <laughs> and we're going through what... And honestly, I can tell you, hand on heart, we went through it and the game panned out how we thought it would. Right. In terms of us trying to play, them maybe being a wee bit of... You know, who, who do you think they are trying to play through us? And then we'd get big beat-on coming out, recklessly, headless chicken, try to press you, and you pass round them. The ball ends up switched. Barry McKay puts over the top for me. I got a touch and Craig Gordon has to make a really good save. Yeah. But that's what that's what we asked the way we played that day. So we believed that's how the game would go. We believed we would be able to implement our game onto them, mm-hmm. which we did. Yes, they've got good players. Yes, we have to ride a luck at some points because they are, they, are, they are a good team. They did have good players. They were always going to have opportunities to score. But I think at the end, yeah, the, the best team won on the day. Yeah, it went to penalties, but I think the team that deserved to win, won that game. Absolutely, mate. And as I said, my memories of that day alone, it was unbelievable just given the circumstance and how we played. So I think as, as a Rangers support, everybody was well on board with the sort of Warburton thing at that time. So to see it kind of come to fruition on the biggest game of the season was, was excellent. But one, of the big, one of the biggest things for me is, right, and this is where... Like players come and go and coaches come and go and things but like I said before when you've got guys and staff members that have been at the club for numbers and numbers of years and like I said it's one of the biggest things that I didn't like the way it finished that I never actually even got to see these people again or say to your own thanks by the way thanks to them for, for looking after us for all these years you know kitchen staffs people are about Murray Park or Ibrox Big Glavy Stevie Walker the Fizz, all these guys have been there over the course and distance they've been through the the hard times, being all the all the journey, and now, now the happy days are back. But I remember that day, big Lavi was like, I'm sure he was, he was bubbling, he was bubbling <laughs> like a big wave. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, that's what it means, you know, that's what it means. So I meant a lot that day. Yeah, but listen, we never went on to finish a job, but you see what it meant to people, and it was uh, it was a special day. Like, it was emotional. It was an emotional day because it was just like, you know what? Or again, it probably played a part in what happened after with them, who yeah. they appointed, how they appointed them. And, uh, and what came next but uh, great day great result great to say just disappointed that never, they never finished the job and I think you kind of touched on it earlier and it relates to something that I'd brought up in our pod a couple of weeks ago I talked about the sort of psychology of football and I mentioned that example of the Scottish Cup final and I certainly felt that if we'd won that day then things would have been different in the next season in terms of how the media perceived what uh, perceived Warburton how the fans did and then maybe how our squad reacted do you feel the same? I think it might have, it might have bought them a little bit more 
with credit, mm. with, with fans, with the club, uh, because it would have been an incredible achievement. Like I say, we are that close to having an incredible season. Yeah. We're a good season, but ultimately what was achieved should have been achieved. That's made no mistake about it, should have been achieved. But if we could have went on and lifted that, lifted the Scottish Cup, again, that would have been a, that would have been a better achievement. It yeah, would have been totally. a bigger achievement. Let's say we've still not won a cup. This year, we've won the league. First time we've won a major trophy in 10 years. We could have won a cup in 2016, should have won a cup in 2016 and let it slip in the last eight, 10 minutes. So, yeah, it might have, things might have been different for him as well, which he might have then got the chance to rectify the mistakes. He openly admits he would have probably... It probably would have done things a little bit different in that summer's recruitment. Aye. So again, you touched on it there, but the, the summer recruitment kind of seemed a strange one to me. The guys like Barton, Kranjka, Senderos, Joey Garner just didn't seem like Warburton-type players. And it's funny, I wrote down slow start to the season. Every one of them were, were pretty slow. Uh, I think two wins for seven. And then obviously lost 5-1 uh, in the first old time of the season. Did you, did you feel, as, was there a feeling that it was kind of beginning at the end for him at that point? Well, I, I'd hope not. But as as with as with that club and any big club, when it looks like you're not going to have a successful year, you're always going to fall under pressure. And it, maybe again, it was maybe down to certainly again, maybe the style wasn't as evident because we did have players that might not quite be fully committed to what what we're trying to achieve, like we did, like we did the season before. But slow start. You start at home to Hamilton and you draw right straight away, like you're off. The, the the positivity and the energy surrounding that season was like nothing else. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing else because because of the semi final, because of what had happened, we thought we could go toe to toe with them. Yeah. We really did. We believed that. By the way, I did on any given day over the course of the season. I'm 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 going to every game thinking we're going to win. Yeah, doesn't matter who we're playing. Every game I would think we win, but. We just had, there was a bit of a wee kind of move away from what we were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and again, natural human reaction results are no going as well. Performances are not as good as what they had been, both by the way, collectively and individually. People are going to start to question. By the way, the pressures then mount. The pressure then mounts on that place. And I, that's where it is a hard, hard place to come. Come and play. You need to, you need to be absolutely real strong mentality to deal with a lot of the shit that gets thrown at you when you're an old front player and uh, ultimately it, it never went that way that season Wobbs left obviously again for me I did think it was premature again without being privy to what was going on behind the scenes and all the things that was kind of thrown back between both parties not being privy to that but I do believe it was probably a little bit premature for him to leave and I know we were all gutted we were all gutted that it was away that's for sure because uh, not just him, by the way, because Big Davey. Big yeah. Davey's a great big guy, brilliant guy to work with, a good coach, really good coach. Uh, I felt we had good, good people at the club with the right, they had the right ideas that they had. Wobbs, obviously, through Davey as well, had obviously embraced what the club was about, tried to get these standards back and like bought into the traditions of the club, really respect, really respectful people, good people. That was, a, that was just, it was a shame to see them leave. Yeah. Well, obviously, that, that's the next question I've got to ask, but I kind of figured that would be, be your answer anyway. And then after they left, it was kind of a lag between them leaving and a new manager coming in, which, in my opinion, kind of made it seem even more like a premature decision because I wasn't that sort of ready replacement. But then, obviously, I think it was maybe 
about a month or so after, it was after the next old film game, uh, Pedro Cachina gets the job. Uh, what were your early impressions of, of him? Uh, again, what it was, was it was absolutely clear on what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Was it right? In my opinion, no. In my opinion, no. And I think, obviously, again, history does suggest that that, that, that probably is, would be the general opinion. But he believed in what he was doing. Uh, again, I just on the pro licence, I had just had a last month, it was Andre Villas Bosch was, uh, was speaking on the pro licence, another Portuguese coach. And every presentation he put up was very, very similar to right. what Pedro would talk about. Right. Uh, a lot of the same language, the same kind of methodology, uh, the same belief in how uh, that, that it would work and it did and it does work. The thing, the difference is, is about how you apply it for me because nobody's questioning the methodology, nobody's questioning the, the way to do it because some of the best coaches in the world are on the same page of how you should do it and how it should be worked. But it's how you apply it. And straight away, I would say, you're talking about first meetings, I would say one of the first meetings, he never lost the dressing room. Like, that never happened. But what he might have had is a dressing thinking, hmm, I'm not sure you are. You get what this club's about. You get what this... And one of the... So that was the first few times, obviously, again, we never had great results over the course of his time. And again, there was another heavy defeat uh, in an old firm game towards the end of that season. There was also a semi-final loss, I think it was, 2-0, yeah. uh, under his tenure, which... 2-0, we never laid a glove on them. Uh, again, they were a really good team, managed by one of the top managers in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, again, no great result. And I remember one day he pulled me in to explain what he was trying to do. So we're sitting in the meeting room and he's got his, all his stuff on. And it was, wow. it was, showing, me, it was showing me clips his ex-team in Qatar, Al-Garafa, playing against whoever they were playing in the, in the Qatari league. And he was showing, look, Kenny, look, that's, so if we do this and we do that, and and I'm watching it thinking, aye, you know, you're right, yeah, you're, I can see, I can see exactly. So if what we had worked on, it was either that day or the day before, to what he was showing me was a direct copy, of a pattern or a phasey play for that game to what we had done in training. The difference being, when they're playing their attacking stuff, they're two for two and three for three at the back. Yeah, no getting that against Listen, I went, I, I get what you're trying to do and I can see it. Listen, I can see it by working and what you're showing me there, how it worked there. But we're going to have 10 men behind the ball. Mm-hmm. There's going to be four or five, six along the 18-yard box. We're not going to have half a pitch to play a one, two and one, three and go one and one. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not going to be that way. And what, what was... The, the, the kind of defining moment of trying to and that, by the way I tried to speak to him about it to try and let him know that what you maybe watch Motherwell v Patrick Thistle will not be what we're facing the next week yeah. we are not going to face that it might be a different system it might be different personnel like there's so many differences that will come in they might play a different way they might just launch it against us just to just to get the ball away for goal and what the, what defined it for me is we were playing Patrick the following week and we done and the way the methodology worked is, and again, I'm sure Andy's told you, pretty much from a Monday stroke Tuesday, you would know what the team is for the Saturday. 
Do the start of the Right at the start of the week. Maybe not the Monday because it would be a split squad, but that's he'd done that a lot. And that's something that caused not again, not a, a great there wouldn't be a divide in the group, but there was that wee starters and non-starters. Right. And it was like that for most of the most of the week. So the starters would be doing a recovery type session on the Monday, the non-starters would be doing an extra bit of work, a bit of top up. Come the Tuesday, because it's a it was like a tactical periodization, I think you called it. You were doing work on the Tuesday, which is fine by the way, mm-hmm. with, with an eye on the Saturday. But what it meant was it pretty much again took the team that it was going to be doing, and it was going against the other team in a certain draw. So we'd be doing this, and we're set up to play Partick. So we had Partick had played the following week, and I think they were, were they 4 4 2? I think they were 4 4 2. And Big Connor Salmon was playing left midfield for Partick in yeah. the week before. So, needless to say, we, we prepared by we can get at him on that side because Big Connor's a good big striker. It's not left, he's not a left midfielder in a four. So we had done all the work on all our work. Well, they played a back three that day, not a four-four-two. Connor Salmon was on the bench, and I think they were, they were like a, I think they were like a three-five-one-one. And it was like a midfielder was like the second striker, so it wasn't even a striker. And that, that's where you're like, honestly, the whole week was built up to play this against the team playing a certain way. So, by the way, I think we, I think we actually drew the game. I think we might have drew 2-2 in that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it's not the reason we drew 2-2, by the way, because I don't care how we played or how they played. We should still win the game, right? And again, that's no being disrespectful to, to Partick at that time. When I played for Partick, you know, it's no being disrespectful at all. But Rangers, 99 times out of 100, nine times out of 10, should, should beat Partick no matter what. No matter what. Yeah, there'll be the odd game or games where things go against you. Maybe we are levels. I mean, I've been on the other team playing against Rangers. What you're looking for is your levels are there. Rangers drop a wee bit because I know that up for the, the game and it becomes a more level match. Yeah. Right? That's what you're hoping for. Well, on that day, the prep again, but in terms of his preparation and how he tried to work, that kind of summed it up a wee bit where the whole fucking week was pretty much pointless, you know, mm. because we're constantly worked through this periodization that it wanted to work, worked on specific movements to go against a set way, mm-hmm. but that's not how it was. So, uh, and again, it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but sometimes it's about how I apply it. It's maybe about how you treat people, not necessarily how good a tactical, how good a tactician we are. So it was, uh, aye, listen, it never worked. It never worked, obviously. It led to it led to him leaving three months, four months into the next season. Yeah. Uh, I think he had been at the club totally seven months, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that. Uh, obviously, what happened between me and him, again, is nothing actually happened. He just decided to make a fucking point. Uh, I became a scapegoat to another poor fucking old firm performance. Uh, <laughs> One that I never even played in, by the way, because I was on the bench. Right. Uh, but that was that. But listen, it was, I never ever had any issue with him. Trained every day, like I always have, trained hard. Uh, then he eventually left and obviously I managed to get back in. Like, so it was strange you say that there was definitely a clear sort of attempt to him to phase you out, which was a surprise given the season before. I actually think you'd played the most games of MD in the squad. And at that point, I don't, you must have been about 36, 37. So to go from having a guy who played the most games, I think, I think I've got it wrote down. I think you were the top goal scorer as well. And then it seemed as though he kind of tried to phase you out almost. I don't know if 
this is Marvel's, not yours, obviously. He seemed like a guy who had like a lack of self-awareness and maybe I don't know if it was a, an arrogance, but he didn't want to allow a senior guy like yourself to sort of offer your opinion, even though you'd probably had loads of experience in, in that league. So you would kind of know these sort of things before he would? Well, like I say, there was, a, there was only maybe one or two occasions that we, we spoke about this kind of stuff and I, and I gave my view. There was never any disagreement. There was never any, it was, again, I'm trying to offer you, if you're asking me, then I'm going to I'm going to give you a, an answer, uh, and I gave him my my view on what I thought, uh, and it was there. There was no disagreement or any even a debate. It was just he's asked a question, I gave an answer to a question, and again, what then happened? Obviously, after that old fun game, and then like you say, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened because I went to see him. Like, I genuinely, like, again, I don't. I've spoken about this before. After that game, again, this is hand on heart. I knew it was coming. We played Hamilton on the Friday night and I knew it was coming. And I just, I, I just, you can just feel, and you've been in, I've been in football all the time and I've got a fair gauge on how people react in certain situations. And I knew there was something, something was the right. So I actually spoke to him on the Tuesday. I said, you all right, Gaffer? He's like, yes, yes, fine, fine. I went, you're acting weird. You're acting weird with me. You're kind of looking me now, you're walking past the hall. Like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 Kenny, no, no, and he's all smiles and that. Okay, Hunt, no word I phone David Weir, says David, the song, they're on here. Phone Walter Smith, Walter, and this I say to him, I'm getting left out on Friday night. He went, nah, fucking no way, Kenny, no way, gaffer, and I'm telling you, there's something no right here with this fucker, there's something no right. He's went, right, okay. So I ran through there. He went, go and see him. Go and see him. Again, I went, Gaffer, I went to see him today. He went, go and see him again. Get him to tell you if there's something wrong. Because it's clear that clearly there is. I went, right, no ball, Gaffer, no ball. Went to see him. No, no, nothing wrong. I went, Gaffer, come on, there's something wrong. Like you're, 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 you're acting differently. No, 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 not at all. Sure enough, Thursday comes, squad goes up, not the squad. If there was nothing wrong, why would you not say I'm leaving you at the squad? Because uh, that, that is something wrong for a guy like yourself who's played on the ends. Why, why, why would you not do that? Why would you not do it? So anyway, the squad, so I go straight through it and I says, Gaffer, what, what's going on? Why am I not on the squad? He went, oh, this is just one decision. <laughs> I went, but, but why? He went, no, no, no reason. I went, no, no, there has to be a reason. You've made a decision. If it's one decision... What's the reason behind the decision? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This is just one decision. I was like, fucking hell. Just okay, no problem. Go. No problem. All the best. All the best, Gaffer. Listen, hope we win. Soon after one, four, one, three, one, whatever it was. Boys were great. One next week. Get beaten in the semi-final against Motherwell. Uh, to the extent, by the way, I felt uh, I had to ask if I could actually go and watch the game because he just he was acting really super weird. Uh, and I wanted him to actually allow me to watch the game. I didn't want to turn up to the game if in case he thought I was there for some fucking other reason. And you, you, felt, you actually felt that excluded you. Felt you had to ask if you could go and watch the game. I didn't know how to go. I went and seen him. I said, Gaffer, do you mind if I come to the game? He went, oh, of course, of course, you can come on the bus. You come in. No, no, that's fine because Waldo was injured and Nico was injured. So I knew they were going to the game. Yeah. So I didn't want to no go to the game. Mm-hmm. But I knew, if I, I felt like if I'd went to the game, he would feel 
Yeah. I'm there for different reasons. You know, this is how it was fucking weird, you know, really, really weird. So I asked him, do you mind if I come to the game, support the boys? He went, no, no, of course, of course. So we went to the game. Obviously, we lost the game 2-0, uh, semi-final. And then we, we drew the Kilmarnock on the Wednesday night. And then, and that was that. It was, it was gone. So obviously he leaves, Murray comes back in and he brings you back in the first game, if I remember right, in Murrayfield. Uh, yeah. That game you scored two and don't know if you remember, but you had an unbelievable ovation for the support. How, how good did that feel given the sort of troubles you had with Pedro? No, amazing. Like, you know, I've, I've always, I've always said, like, the fans are, are unbelievable. They gave me a, an incredible uh, reception that day. I think it helped that we won the game, by the way. <laughs> it helped that we won the game. <laughs> we get food if we get beat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not Miller's fault again. But, uh, it's, uh, no, but it, was, no, it was great. Good game. Got a couple of goals. Great to be back, you know. Like, like I said, I trained every day. I was training every day, every week. And again, the way I looked at it, listen, I know I wasn't going to be involved at the weekend. Uh, but it was even to the extent some of the boys were saying, oh, you'll be involved this week. You've had a poor result, you'll be involved this week. I went... No, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. By the way, I'm not just talking about my mates who were in the team. I'm talking about guys who has signings. We're even saying, oh, sure, you'll be fine. You'll be back in this week. I'm, I'm like, no, this guy's looking lost the plot. I'll not be in. Was there motivation for you? Obviously, you've seen the character. You would train your best every day regardless. But was it in the back of your mind, obviously, you were probably thinking, see, if I, I'm going to keep training well because I know I'll be here longer than him. No, never, no. never thought that. Never, no. ever thought that because all I'd done was, my, my role now was, so when he's doing his preparation, the way he worked in his preparation, trying to prepare the team to win a game, my job was to be the best I could be on the other team right. to help the team be ready for the game. Yeah. That was it. That was my role. Uh, train hard every day, come in, again, just do what I've done every, every day, every day all my career, not just under him. Every day, train hard, train right. My job was to help the team be ready. So I had to do that. Uh, do, that. That's what my role was at the end of the end of my time there as well. Because again, we'll go into that as well. But it was just uh, that. That was that's what I had to do. Obviously, now when he left, I managed to get a chance to go back and play. And that's what you work for. You know, you work Monday to Friday to play that game on a Saturday. And I'd missed that, but there's nothing I could do about it. You know, you, you control what you can control. I can't control what somebody else thinks or the actions that a manager is going to make. All I can do, like I said, there was never a falling out. There was never a falling out. It was uh, a few things happened uh, that one day falling out, but a few things happened that I'm not going to. But I trained every day, every day, smiling, shakes your hand, good morning, blah, blah, blah. You go out and you train. You go out and you train. And that was it. I just never had my game at the end of the week. Yeah. So, as I say, obviously you, you work your way back in, but then we get to, so you actually, you were doing well in that season when, when you got uh, back into the team and then we get to that semi-final game, sort of infamous game where we lose 4-0. As a fan, we lose the game, disappointed, got the road and we think that's the end of it. But obviously something happened between that time, the end that made it was, it was your last game for the club. On the back of that, Lee Wallace never played the game again, you were kind of scapegoated again. What, what, what happened in that gap in between to, to make that happen? You know, like, like I said, to touch on you before, like in football, things happen in dressing rooms. <laughs> and when emotions are running high at the end of an old fun game, when you've absolutely been battered again on a, on a, in a national semi-final, 
it was unacceptable. Again, certain things happened within the day, again, with your brother, that were, for me, absolutely unforgivable to do that to somebody. And it was just, again, there was, there was no, none of the stuff, the speculation that there was, there was literally a, the captain of Glasgow Rangers addressing his teammates to let them know that that kind of stuff's not good enough. That is it. That's where it went. And then there was a bit of to and fro and just no, again, there was, there was things going on at half time in that game. People were ranting and raving, no, no, no me, no Waldo, uh, other players ranting and raving and going off and staff members going off because we were getting pumped again the yeah. Celtic and at the end of the game it was much of the same but for some reason because it was me and Lee who were actually having a not again not even a pop just actually letting us let, let's speak the, addressing our teammates that you know there's a feeling right when, you, when you're in a situation with people you've got vibes of people and in the dressing room at Hamden I pretty much sit right in the middle when we're there so my, my gear was always in the middle. So probably half the boys doing to the right, half the boys up to the left were in the home dressing room. And after the game, nothing was said. Nothing was said. So the boys are sitting and there's like silence. And I, 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 I can remember as clear as day, I kind of was looking about and thinking, fucking, did I say anything? Do I know saying? I've not played. Like, fucking hell. And I, and I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I knew what was going on. What I mean by that is, I go back in, Robbie, like he says, against Hearts, and I played pretty much every minute, yeah. every game, until I went down into the Easter Road. I can rip my hamstring mm-hmm. in the Easter Road in the eighth game in a row. Uh, played every minute. I think we won six and we, we, drew, and we got beaten two. We lost to Hamilton and Dundee. It was the old, I think that was the old headstand game. <laughs> uh, so uh, we lost two, we won six. Had some really good results against Aberdeen. Really, it was a double header yeah, against Aberdeen right. over that moment. We beat them at Ibrox 3-0. We beat them with 10 men up at Petodre 2-1. Uh, again, I'm captain the team. Came straight back in. Big Waldo's injured. I'm captain the team through that spell as well. Straight back in against Hearts with the armband. Great. Buzzing to be back. Like a privilege and an honour to wear the armband as well. Uh, I got injured. Robbie, I started one game when I came back after that. Yeah. One game. Like... It's, it's not right. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. And one game I started, what was the game? The game was the week before the old fun game, the 4 0. They beat Dundee 4 0. So I scored opener. Like, that was my only start of the second half of that season. It's, 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 it doesn't add up, Robbie, you know. Like, people can say what they want. There was a reason why I wasn't playing. Mm. So, I'm sitting there anyway. So I'm sitting there thinking, do I say Sunday? I know, I know, I know what's going on. I know what's I know I'm going to be finished at the end of the year. And I looked along and I seen Tav. And literally Tav, I caught eyes with Tav, and Tav was like looking at me and he was like saying to me. And you guys say something. And I was like, and I sat and just when that happened, Big Waldo started. Started just fucking letting the boys know, having his view. He's obviously sat and watched the game because uh, he was injured. And, that, that, and listen, things then start to, because other people chirp in, off the back of it, it becomes, it encourages debate. Uh, I then say my piece, and then that's like, next minute, you know, obviously all hell breaks loose after, uh, the aftermath of it. But I'm actually thinking, what the fuck's going on? You know, there's nothing that's happened in that dressing room to what happened in a million other dressing rooms that I've been in. Have you muted yourself on that? Sorry? There you go, that's better. I couldn't hear you there. 
Aye, so aye, so I don't know, mate. I guess uh, so. Look, listen, there was without going into major detail, what was there was no anything in any other dressing. I've said that openly. Uh, it, it was just a horrible, a horrible way to finish. You know, like like fucking heartbroken actually. Like, and I know Waldo feels the same. Heartbroken it, it went that way. It, was, it didn't need to go that way. But I would say there's people within the club at that time had agendas that. The was to suit their own, you know, self-preservation, things when they write at the club, uh, and ultimately, again, off the back of another old firm defeat, there was a couple of skateboats made, and it was me and Big Waldo, which, just like I said, you're absolutely heartbroken that you've gave so much of your career and your life to, to that place, and it, and it means a lot to you, and then you've been you've been kind of treated that way. And that says, I had to leave, I, had to, I wasn't allowed back into Murray Park to see the boys, uh, to see the staff I had to go back and to get my stuff when there was nobody about so I was there I don't know what day it was it was a Thursday afternoon three o'clock I was allowed to go back get my stuff maybe a wee bit earlier actually because I think there's, wee Jean was still up in the kitchen the kitchen staff were there but that was pretty much it there was no uh, there wasn't any bodies about any staff about so I left actually with a black bag and that's it maybe about had a wee walk out had a wee walk out onto, this, onto the training pitch had a wee fucking a wee moment and then fucked off. That's it. Well, so to think that over three spells, one, three, well, I had three uh, Premiership winning medals, Scottish Cup, League Cup, and for you to finish on that way just seems strange. Because even what you're describing, I mean, I play junior football and if you lose in that manner in a semi-final, that, that's par for the course, that sort of reaction. So, listen, you, you've touched on it anyway. I think you've you kind of covered it all and I appreciate your honesty there, mate. Uh, so, Disappointing way to leave the club, but I'm pretty sure the overriding feeling looking back on your time is one of, of positivity. Of course, it is. Listen, never, that'll never be, ever be taken away. I said that, said that before. Like football, listen, it's football. Listen, in this day and age, like, it's a different football is always going to be the same in terms of the game and how it's played and, and what, what you need to actually do to actually have a career in it. But it is different, and there's things, a lot of things that are surrounding football these days. and it's, uh, sometimes there's decisions that are made that are no actually in the best interest of football clubs. Uh, but listen, like you say, no, no bitterness towards the club at all. It's uh, eight years there in total, yep. unbelievable years. Like you say, met some amazing people, played with some top top players, had some amazing times, great memories. Like that said, um, for me, I, I was built to play for the club. I, I love, I love. I want my winner. I want to win. I've got the right standards. I never took that jersey for granted or walking into Murray Park training every day was never taken for granted. It was uh, appreciated every day. And uh, like I say, loved it. So, no, absolutely nothing but positive memories. Yeah, disappointing how it ended. It didn't need to end that. That's the thing. It didn't need to. Because, see, I knew there's a time you're going to have to go as a player, but it could have been managed so much better. You don't need to force me out. You just need to be honest. If you're going to go off on a different road, just tell me, Kenny, listen, you're 38, you need to get to it. You know, we're going to move on and we're going to go down a different road. No problem, I've had my time. You know, I've had my time. But I really believed even off the field stuff, I still had, I could have still had a role to play, you know, and helping this next, yeah. this next phase come because having the experiences, that, again, when I touched on it earlier with Davis and McGregor, they've been crucial to coming back into the football club. Forget how good the players are and their abilities, it's about their mentalities. It's about their winning mentality. It's about the fact, again, they thrive on that environment. They're playing in that pressure cooker. And that's what I felt I could have helped 
that over the over the over the years, even after finishing playing. But listen, it was taken away, and that's that's football. Uh, you move on, you move on. you not? Would you want to move on to the next stage of your career? And that's obviously what I done initially playing. Uh, we stint in playing management, which I loved, uh, and then obviously now on to on to coaching in Australia. So that is what I'm obviously going to go on to, mate. So what's what's next for you then? Have you your own managerial aspirations? Obviously, you spoke about you felt you had a place back at the club at that time. Do you ever sort of view it to move back to the UK, maybe even Rangers at some point? What's your future aspirations? Listen, I want to I want to get to the top of the of the, of the coaching game now. It's, it's you're on the first rung yet now. It's uh, your starts like starting all over again as a player. You now need to you need to work tirelessly to get to to get the opportunity when you get the opportunity you need to again in this game you need to be successful to get to that next stage so it's it's uh, it's just working working away trying to trying to bring success here what that will lead to an opportunities whether it be me and Robbo going elsewhere as a, as a team or whether if opportunities come up he's under no illusion he knows I want to be a manager so if opportunities come up then it's uh, and it's the right opportunity then, then I'll look at it, but I'm absolutely loving my role at the moment. It helps when you're working with somebody who's like-minded, who's driven the same way as you, who's driven for like to win, to be successful, to play the game the way I want to play the game as well. So it's uh, it's been a, it's been a tough year to be fair because you're coming into a club where brilliant facilities, top club, top people, but like in any kind of coaching or management role, you're, there is you're having to deal with a, like a, a group that's potentially not all your group. Uh, so you're trying to find get the best out of people. Still, we're still bringing players into the ball, and it can help you. So we've had a decent year so far. Uh, last four or five games have not been where we want to be, but we're, it's in our hands. If we can get the results towards the end of the season, we can finish off on a on a real high. No wait, mate. Well, listen, mate. Really appreciate uh, the time you've given it. Is obviously we've actually been on here quite long, so I, I won't hold you too much longer. But we'll finish on a wee quick fire question, right? So we've got five questions here for you. So I've written down. Uh, Right, so first one, best stadium you've ever played in? Oof, I'll go for obviously outside the Ibrox. Yep. We'll go for probably the New Wembley. New Wembley, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the Emirates, or the Emirates was a top stadium as well. Best player you've ever played against? Funny question that one because you always think, well, you play against Ronaldo. Ronaldo's one of the best players I've ever played against. Exactly. So I always look at centre-backs that I've played against. So over my kind of year, I've probably played against them all. Like you've got Cannavaro, you've got Nesta, you've got Puyo, you've got Pique, you've got Terry, you've got uh, Ferdinand. Uh, Carvalho and, and Terry were incredible to play nice. against. Joel Campbell, he was a top, 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 top opponent. But I think that day at Hamden when I'm playing against Nesta and Cannavaro, it was... Again, again, because I had a good day against because I loved playing against the best. Yeah. You know, it's a real opportunity. You know, just to work. Yeah, players might be quicker or stronger, or but, but it was working out how you could get success against them. I and that day, I had a really, really good day. That day, Scotland v Italy against again a really, really formidable pairing. Did you just say Cannavaro? You look like him. I'll say Cannavaro <laughs> because he won World Player of the Year that year. I'll take that by if I look like Fabio. <laughs> Uh, best strike partner you've ever had? Loads of good ones, you know, loads and loads. Wolves had a couple, George and Dan, Nathan Blake, Rangers had moles, uh, but I'd tough to come back to Boydie. I just think it was a, we were a really, really good pairing, a really good foil for each other. I felt we complimented each other. I chucked him on my fair share of goals, but what I could guarantee is a big fella we'd be getting 25 30 every year. Yeah. So, uh, no, a real, real good pairing. That's right. 
Your favourite Rangers goal? Too many, like, there's too many, like, but every old fun goal, right? Aye. Every old, apart from the one that was in a 5 1. Uh, <laughs> but the old fun goals are special, you know, they're special, special memories. And like I say, you'd say, on at the start, I had a decent record in the games. So uh, that, but I think it's got to be the goal, the, the, the semi final. This is I'm shaking. You want to go out? I want to stay in. 